Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, The Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. It's Aloha Friday with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu, and away we go. Top headlines today. It's almost not even a headline anymore or why we should be surprised, but looky, looky here. Deshaun Watson faces an additional civil lawsuit for the same thing back from 2020. Sounds really bad again. Different lawyer uh, by the accuser. I don't know if that means anything, but it sounded a little bit more in detail also from what we've heard in the past and not a good look for a guy who just came back to practice this week. Yeah, I wonder if uh, he's are they going to shield him from questions on this too? How many more are out there? That's your question. That's the question you have. Yeah. You know, there's been there's been people who uh withdrew the lawsuit because they didn't want to give their names. Other people out there who maybe are just living with, you know, uh, what people are feeling is shame regarding this, and now you you have another one. And you know whether it's a money grab or not. I don't you you know is it somebody who says who's waited all this time because they've just been weighing what to do, and now they're saying you know what I can't live with this. I gotta I got I gotta I gotta put an end to this. Maybe this will help my pain. And you say you civil you know while there might be other people I don't know it's an, so fresh the story. There might be other people who are saying, oh, she's just trying to get money. Well, I don't know. Maybe she's entitled to some. And you said this a few times in the past when we heard about the 30 accusers, and you said that we know of, that we know of. And I kept thinking, I hope there's not more. But you'd be almost naive to think that was it coming forward. No, not almost naive. You would be naive. You would be naive to say 100% of the people came forward with this. It doesn't happen that way. The guy is a predator, and he doesn't belong. He doesn't deserve... To have the, to have the, um, to have the opportunity to play professional football. The privilege is what I'm looking for because it is a privilege. Yet, hey, you know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Give him 230 million. Guarantee it. We'll give you all. We don't care. We don't care that we don't care that of the things that you've done. And the worst thing is, he's still saying, "Hey, look, I'm innocent, man. I'm totally innocent." My gosh. All right, we move on. It's Aloha Friday. Yes. Uh, Tom, Tom Brady uh, now involved in, uh, let's call it, kick gate. Uh, I, I'm glad in a way because the quarterbacks have been really protected as of late, even though it's not their fault that the referees are making those target, uh, roughing the passer calls. I have a feeling the NFL will give a slap on the wrist to Brady to show everybody or to maybe imply to everybody that they are not favoring the quarterbacks by giving him a $10,000, $30,000 fine somewhere in there. He is kind of guilty, even though I don't think he made contact. Still, I think he no, got to send didn't. a message that the quarterbacks are not, happy, not being shown favoritism. So I think he'll get something his way the nfl isn't trying to hide favoritism favoritism is the wrong word that you're not using you're not using the right word there the 
the NFL is showing favoritism to quarterbacks. That's the whole problem here. They understand, and it comes from ownership. Ownership is paying forty to fifty million dollars per quarterback in the NFL, and if they're not there, they're going to get there soon. Um, they're paying so much money, and the quarterback position is so important. Of course, they're showing favoritism. Nobody's hiding that. They're, they don't want the, the franchise quarterbacks to get hurt because they've invested so much in them. Um, so that's it, it's not favoritism. So will they say, hey, you know what, I, I agree with you. They might say, hey, here's a slap on the wrist because nobody's allowed to do that. I mean, to me, it makes Tom Brady look like a little bit of a baby. And I a little understand bit. He's, prob- no. he's probably going through a divorce and, or something like that, and he's, he's, he's been ornery lately. But, I mean, the guy's a totally legal tackle brings you down, and, you, and, and you, you're, you're, you're trying to kick him. Really? You're trying to kick him while you're laying on the ground? You're trying to kick him? I mean, nothing looks more unmanly than Tom Brady in that scenario right there. I got tackled, and now I want to kick you like a child. No, no, it makes him look bad. I think in some of those situations, if not many of them, that it's just an instant reaction where you're not really thinking, and you're a little upset maybe at a little aggressive tackle, maybe staying with the hold a little too long, maybe. and maybe no, you're it taking wasn't. Out your it was, frustration. He tackled him to the ground, and he let go. He got up. He stood up, and that's when he tried to kick him. You I'm not saying it was right. Tackle. I'm just saying I think you just automatically react like that or respond like that sometimes. If that's the case, you automatically react when somebody tackles you, you want to kick them, that's a, that's not that's that's pretty bad. It that's is. That's pretty bad. But I think he is in the wrong. He is in the wrong. But I, I, I think even though the NFL, they're not going to publicly say they're favoring the quarterback. They'll have some rules to protect them. But I think in this case, they'll send a message by telling everybody that they're not getting that extra benefit of it. Gary, look at the rule changes. Look at the rule changes. They are publicly saying that they're favoring the quarterbacks. With those rules, but these but these weren't following the rules the last two days. The Derek Carr thing didn't follow a rule. Uh, or it misfollowed a rule because it wasn't the thing with the Brady tackle. That wasn't following the rule. That was a referee making a mistake. Right. So, but that's what, what, they're, what, they're, what they're, the, the rule is, the roughing the passer. And the rule is, because it's in the rule book, the rule is, if you're in, when in doubt, throw a flag. Yeah. Yep. And that's what and that's what happened in these cases. It, it, look, I, it's hard to be a referee. Things happen so fast. I mean, it's a blur in front of your face, and it's like, was that? I don't know. Throw a flag, because that's what it says to do. My boss says, if you don't know, throw a flag. Why are we only hearing about the NFL maybe finding Brady yesterday as opposed to maybe Monday? Again, I wonder if it's maybe with all the outrage of the bad calls. They're not finding Brady. They well, coming out and saying him. they might, but it, why does it come out three, four days after the fact as opposed to one? I just wonder because of the public outcry over these awful calls, and, with the, and the fans are thinking that they are favoring the quarterback. Maybe the NFL is just trying to make a little bit of a PR move uh, to do this, well, come out with this, or the rumors spreading. Why not invest, Why not announce this Monday? Why didn't somebody like Adam Schefter say Monday? It was all about you know Jared and the, and the tackle, nothing about Brady's right. kick until yesterday. Well. Maybe nobody checked. I mean, this is coming from the Associated Press, not Adam Schefter, but it's coming from the Associated Press. They're looking into it. They're the ones who are reporting it. So I I couldn't tell you that. Uh, But it's not like I don't think the NFL goes, hey, call the guy at AP and let him know that uh, we got this going on. Maybe. I mean, who knows? Well, they review every play every Monday morning. They go through every single play, and they let the referees know about calls they've missed. Right. So maybe they're – 
they've been mulling it <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they've been mulling it over this week, and we're just finding out about it now. I yeah. mean, this is reported yesterday, so they probably they could have found out yet the day. They could have found out about it Wednesday. You know, I, I, I'm not really concerned about the um, the the timeline. Now, they have a fine for kicking players. It's uh, $10,500 for your first offense and $15,500 for a second offense. I don't know if Tom Brady has kicked someone in the past. Now, he didn't kick him. He tried to kick him. What's yeah. the fine for that? Murder and attempted murder are two different things, aren't they? I guess. Uh, let's see. Wow, that doesn't seem fair. Fines for roughing the passer are $15,000 for a first offense and $20,000 for a second offense? Oh, that's not favoritism towards the quarterback, is it? I didn't know you got fined for roughing the passer as well. My gosh. $15,000? It's like, Tom Brady, you can try and kick the guy like uh, you know $10,000 as opposed to $15,000. Okay, let's do this. If you're a defensive lineman, instead of slinging the quarterback to the ground, just kick him in the gut. You'll only get fined <laughs> ten grand. Hey, that solves everything, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Even things out a little bit. But, I, I, I mean, I don't think those fines are even – obviously, if, if you're a starting defensive lineman uh, or anybody kicking, you're probably going to think of that as just, you know, something in your pocket change to give out, so – I don't know. Fifteen thousand dollars is fifteen thousand dollars is a lot to a millionaire. I mean, that's a lot of money. And then your second offense, twenty thousand dollars. You're down thirty-five grand. My goodness. I, yeah, just kick him. Just jump in the air, drop kick him. Hey, here we go. <laughs> get my money's worth. I gotta. Actually, then you'll get uh, you'll get you'll get penalized for roughing the passer and kicking. Throw another ten grand on top of that fifteen. Two for one deal. Uh, right. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wow, a couple of close ones yesterday. Close, but no cigars. The Chicago Bears, who should not be wearing that, wearing that stupid orange. The Chicago Bears, I'll get to the headline in a second. The Chicago Bears are a uniform that you don't change. The New York Yankees wear a uniform that should never be changed. There are some legendary uniforms out there that you just don't mess with. If you're the Washington Commanders or the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Oregon Ducks, you change your uniform every game. Who cares? That's what you do. But there's some traditions in sports, and I'm not a traditionalist, but there are some traditions in sports that should not be changed. One of them is the Chicago Bears. They, they, they haven't been good for a while. I mean, it seems like the last time they were good, it was 1985. But don't ever change or mess with the Chicago Bears uniform. Oh, well, hey, they made money. I was down at uh, 850s over there at Leeward Bowl. And I mentioned that to my pal, Aki. I said, Aki, hey, what's up with that? The guy on the <laughs> table next to me goes, hey, they're making money. I go, yeah, but you know what? There's, you're in the third largest city in the country. I'm sure you make plenty of money from fans. Changing it to orange. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, the headline is the Bears and the Mariners. Oh, so close to winning, yet so far away. The Mariners now down two to nothing. Another walk off by the same guy, Jordan Alvarez. What's what's the score of that series again? Uh, they're down uh, oh to two to two to nothing. Wow, Seattle fans must be besides themselves. 
Seattle fans must be besides themselves. You know, it's funny when you can't when you can't have a command of the English language. You try to put somebody down with it. <laughs> hey, Gary, I'm really besides myself. They must be. How do you lose again to the same batter? You had to walk right. off home run the first game, and you let him do it again. Wow. Good thing pitching. is I'm not that invested. I had to pick somebody, <laughs> so I'm picking the Mariners. I, I, I was, and jump in here, Tanner, if you'd like. Now I was uh, not at a promotion years ago when there was a Dixie Grill on Ward Avenue. Yeah. And the radio station did a promotion uh, to have a kind of a watch party to see. I think it was a World Series or something. It was like the NLCS. That. The NLCS, and it was a watch party, and it was the Mets against I don't know Cardinals. Red Sox, Cardinals. And then um, we're, you know, broadcasting on the air and we're giving away prizes and having a good time. The Mets lose and Gary can't continue on with the show. That's not Gary exactly goes, true. Gary goes, is excused and allowed to go home as he's sitting in his car. Chase and I, a guy that used to work here, watching Gary. And you can see him openly crying in his car. You can see, like, his shoulders moving up and down. He's just sitting by himself. He's not driving his car. He's just sitting in his car in the parking lot, bawling because the Mets lost. See, you Wait. don't want to have that kind of investment in a sports team because especially if it's any kind of team from New York in any sport because besides you, the Yankees, they often lose. You don't have a command of reality or what actually happened. Part of that oh, is close. I'm not the only person. There were other witnesses that watched a grown man go out to the car and sit in his car for a good few minutes before driving home crying because his team lost. That, <laughs> I can't go on with work. Can I please go home early? That's that's to if I if I I'd be honest about no, it look, if I did cry. You were, you were about to cry in public. So the boss said, hey, why don't you just go home, Gary? I, I was That's emotional. Sad. Yeah, but you were emotional. We finished the show, first of all. I can't. No, but there was other things to do there. There was other prize giveaways and things to do. And I was like, just go home, Gary. Oh, okay. Thank isn't you. It, isn't it interesting how Chris often can't remember what today's day of, day of the week is, but he can remember not 2006, the oh. Mets losing on a called strike three to Carlos Beltran in I'm the ninth the other, inning. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. It sounds like a I song. And Riley know. Wallace called me up right after the game, giving me a hard time, mad that I didn't answer the phone call because it was game seven to go to the now, World see, Series. See, what Gary's doing is he's trying to name drop to take the attention no, off I, of I remember everything about that day. Unfortunately, you, you don't. Were you, crying, were you crying when Riley called you? or did you? I didn't answer. And, <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> why didn't you answer? Because I knew he was going to give me a hard because time, and that's what I he said in the voicemail. You answer this phone. I answered when the Cardinals lost. You answer this phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. up, I got it from you. Yeah. All right. It's uh, 16 after the hour here on ESPN Honolulu. Kevin McGuire, he uh, works with Athlon Sports, and he's also the editor of NittanyLionsWire.com. He's part of uh, USA Today Sports. He's going to talk some college football coming up. And uh, we got some really good matchups in college football yeah. coming up uh, tomorrow here. Uh, some of the games on uh, our family of radio stations as well. Let's check our bulletin board. According to Feeding America, one in ten people in Hawaii face hunger, while one in six keiki here go hungry too. So we would uh, urge you to please give to the Hawaii Food Bank. Visit hawaiifoodbank.org 
And that's a message from Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union and ESPN Honolulu. All right, we'll enjoy an Aloha Friday here on ESPN Honolulu. We have a very special guest right now. Got a lot of big college football games, and we are welcoming in right now on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. He's a contributor at Athlon Sports and an editor at NittanyLionsWire.com. Back with us, Kevin McGuire. Kevin, let's start with a game that I'm sure you have a lot of interest in, Penn State and Michigan, two top ten teams. And for the first time this season, both of them are playing a ranked opponent. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think this is a huge litmus test really for both teams because, like you said, this is the best opponent that both teams have faced this year. Uh, Both teams can play some really good defense. Both teams obviously are showing some ability to run the football, so this could be a good classic throwback kind of a style Big Ten football game. Don't expect a whole ton of points in this one, but it should be a lot of fun, and obviously we're at that point in the season where these championship races, these division and conference championship races are really going to start to heat up. This game is going to be a huge factor in how the Big Ten East is going to play out in the coming weeks, too. So uh, a lot on the line here for Michigan and Penn State. We'll find out a lot more tomorrow, of course, but where both teams are now, do you think that's where you expected them to be, which, of course, is both being undefeated? Uh, absolutely for Michigan, uh, because their, their first stretch of the season was not all that challenging to them. Uh, and Penn State, I thought, was in their best-case scenario. They'd be 5-0. and uh, because I didn't know what was going to happen with that opener against Purdue. Didn't know what to make of the road trip down to Auburn. They obviously handled those both uh, very well, uh, and obviously the rest of the competition wasn't going to be all that much of a challenge. So I really thought that this is a Penn State team that probably was going to go into Ann Arbor, probably no worse than 4-1, and one, if I'm being honest with you. And I thought there was a very good chance that they could be 5-0 and with, those, with the Auburn game being the swing game. But I kind of expected Auburn to be a little bit more of a challenge, so I can't say that. I expected that game to go the way they did, but I thought that Penn State had a decent chance to be 5-0 and here. Another great matchup with two unbeatens, Alabama and Tennessee, two top ten opponents. Does Tennessee have a legitimate chance to pull the upset? I think they do. I'm trying not to get uh, too caught up in what happened with Alabama last week uh, because that was a really close call. They kind of escaped that one. Uh, and every time that I feel like we've seen Alabama have a couple cracks like that, uh, they usually respond very well. So I don't anticipate that Tennessee will win, but I think there's a very good chance they will because they're playing really good football. The offense is just you know, kind of playing at the level where you need to be playing up and down the field and throwing the football with Hernan Hooker uh, the way that they have to have a chance against a team like Alabama. So going into Knoxville, I think it's going to be a very electric atmosphere. We'll see how far that carries Tennessee, but I think there's a decent chance Tennessee could be celebrating a big win here. All right, uh, Kevin McGuire uh, has a country contributes to Athlon Sports. Also, is the editor of NittanyLionsWire dot com. He's joining us here via the Aloha Kia Hotline. Kevin, is there? I, maybe I've missed it. Uh, do we know for sure if Bryce Young is coming back? I don't know if there's been an answer on that one. Um, I would anticipate he probably will play, but I can't say that Nick Saban's going to be too forthcoming 
with his availability status before the game. So it could be one of those game-time decisions that we all have to find out about once the game starts. But uh, obviously, if he's not available for Alabama, that makes him much more vulnerable. So I think if you're Alabama, you're hoping that you get your Heisman quarterback back for sure. You know, there's talk. Of, there's a lot of great uh, quarterbacks in college football this year. I'm not hearing a lot of of hype around Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback. I mean, just stat-wise, I mean, he, you know, it's like uh, he's Mr. Touchdown. He can run and kick and throw. Just give him the ball and look at him go. I'm, this guy's – why aren't more people talking about this guy? I think everybody's kind of waiting for that spotlight opportunity. Well, guess what? The, that's what this weekend is. So I think, obviously, if he – can lead uh, Tennessee to a victory over Alabama, uh, you're going to hear his name much more often. He's going to be a huge factor why Tennessee would be celebrating a win. And it would almost be similar to what we saw Johnny Manziel years ago when he won the Heisman. I think Manziel got off to a better start. We were more nationally uh, recognized early on, but it was this win against Alabama that really made him the runaway uh, winner there for the Heisman Trophy that year. So I'm not saying that uh, a win against Alabama is going to guarantee Hooker wins the Heisman, but you will certainly hear his name much more often. Perfect timing on a quarterback. I wonder why we don't hear at least a little bit more about it. He played high school football for the most part here in Hawaii. Taulia Tongovailoa from Maryland. It seems like almost every week, no matter who the opponent, 300 yards, a couple of touchdown passes, maybe one rushing. How do you rank him overall, at least in the Big Ten, and do you think he gets enough credit? I, I think he's getting there. And I, I certainly feel like I'm much more um, – optimistic about what he is doing in the Big Ten right now than maybe he's being nationally recognized for. You know, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State is probably still the guy, but I think if you look around the rest of the conference, uh, Talia is doing phenomenal, and I think he is the best, second-best quarterback in the Big Ten right now overall. You know, I still think there are some other good players out there, but you know, as far as overall production, I think there's you know the only guy that is beating him right now is C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. Matt Rule gets let go by the Carolina Panthers on Monday, I believe it was. A lot of people think he might return to college. Have you heard where he might end up? Well, he's certainly going to have no shortage of options that are going to be interested in him. Uh, with the buyout, I don't know how quickly he really is going to want to jump right back in because he's going to be making out pretty good with that buyout with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but I do feel like he's going to be a college coach again someday. I don't know if he's going to jump right back in right away this year. Uh, I think it's far more likely that he probably takes a year before he comes back, and you know he's still going to have any number of options, I think, on the table. But there are some schools that should absolutely be making him one of the top priorities. I think Nebraska probably would be uh, the school that I'm most interested to see if they make a real push for, because I think he would do a phenomenal job with Nebraska with what he was able to do at Temple, uh, what he was able to do at Baylor. I think that's exactly what Nebraska needs. You know, we asked you about Talia Tonkovailo because of his Hawaii ties. Part of the reason I'm asking you about Baylor is because Dave Aranda was a former assistant coach here as well. They were known for their defense a lot last year, and he was a defensive coordinator doing great jobs at LSU in Wisconsin. But this year, their defense is really struggling. Their team is really struggling. Two and two in the conference, three and three overall. What is different about Baylor this season? You know what? I don't really know, to be honest with you, because I feel like they've got, still got a lot of really good ingredients there. It, but, you know, sometimes things just come together for you really well. Maybe that was part of the re- reason for the success for Baylor last year. Uh, maybe teams have called on to what they're doing and what they're trying to you know, schematically you know, counterpoint what Baylor is capable of doing. But, you know, I, w- I wouldn't say that Baylor's necessarily done this year. I still think there's still a lot of opportunities to kind of show that improvement and play that defensive style that they have been known for. Uh, so, I think that Dave Aranda's got, uh, you know, 
he's still a, a relatively new head coach, and this is just going to be one of those learning experiences. I fully expect that he will, though. Hopefully they will be back. Got a lot of big college football games coming up. The playoff rankings will come out in just a few weeks as well. Kevin, enjoy the college football weekend. We'll talk again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Kevin McGuire joining us. Again, he's a contributor at Athlon Sports and the editor of NittanyLionsWire.com. Joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. All right. And uh, and it's not Nittany Lion. You have to say it like the cool young people do nowadays. It's knit any lion wire. <laughs> the knit any lion. The pause. All right. Hey, uh, coming up on, uh, I wanted to get this out. Uh, coming up on, uh, let's see, it's the 19th. So five days from now, it's our uh, ESPN Honolulu really big road show number three. It's at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. Uh, Don Robs will be live on location. Now, you might hear something. Uh, we were going to have Bobby Curran show up. Uh, he is not able to make it, uh, so we are going to have some other great guests uh, down there at Growlers like uh, Kavika Hallams, and I mentioned Don Robbs. David Matlin is going to uh, be live on location there. So come on down and join us. they got great food. Love the chicken wings and uh, other stuff there. And, uh, you know, at least like 100 taps of different uh, beers and seltzers. Yeah. And Anyway, it's good fun. From 3 to 6 p.m. Wednesday... Uh, at Growler Hawaii and Kapahulu. Join us down there. It's uh, more good fun from ESPN Honolulu. All right, you heard that a uh, moment ago. We got we got an accident. Going up Red Hill, coming into town, there's an accident over there by Kaiser. And uh, be if you're stuck, that's the reason why. I don't know how you get around that unless you're already on the viaduct. But uh, weather-wise, it's going to be partly cloudy in the midday today. A few scattered showers like yesterday in the afternoon. Uh, winds are creeping back uh, from the north-northeast, uh, 5 to 15 miles per hour today. It's 637 with the sports animals. we got tickets to the University of Hawaii uh, football game tomorrow at T.C. Ching Athletic Complex against Nevada. And I, here's a trivia question. If you know the answer to this, call in at 808-296-1420. You ready? Yeah. There is one quarterback, as far as passing yards go, in the top ten of FBS stats. Did that make sense? No. Am I still asleep? There are probably There's... ten quarterbacks in the top ten. <laughs> there's one quarterback with hawaii ties ah. in the top, it was a top 10 passer so far in college football does that make sense yes okay who's in the top 10 with hawaii ties call 808-296-1420 if you know the answer then we'll give you a couple of tickets you don't got to pick them up we'll just email or text you the tickets for the game tomorrow. No, you, you're you chopping at the bit. You can't guess, Gary. I, I'm just going to assume it's not Joey Yellen. Oh, Gary. Come on. I know. Now I'm going to get an angry text. Uh, I, I you're not a very nice person. <sighs> just in All case right. somebody was going to guess that. All right. If anyone uh, knows the answer to that, call in 808-296-1420. Happy birthday to Stephen A. Smith today. He's 55 years old. Happy birthday, Stephen A., and 
happy birthday if you're celebrating to you. And um, I want to get on to something. Oh, Tanner, see, I, 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 I should have wrote this down. I didn't phrase it right. Even Tanner just texted me. A top 10 in what? Passing yardage. Passing yardage. What Hawaii, what quarterback with Hawaii ties is in the top 10 in passing yardage in the FBS this season? That makes sense. Hey, yeah, you're getting third, better and better every time you say it. <laughs> third time's a charge. All right, breaking news on Tom Brady. Tom Brady has indeed been fined. ESPN has come out with it. $11,000 is the fine given to Tom Brady. So small slap on the wrist, but they send a message out to everybody. Tom Brady does not get any favors from us. <laughs> now, the minimum fine is 10500 they really showed him. Yeah. Goodell's in, hey, up that 500 bucks. We'll show him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everybody will know that we mean business here in New York. Andy is calling in. He knows the answer. Andy, what is the answer? It's uh, Shevin Cordero. No. Unless I got that wrong. <laughs> I No. Shevin Cordero is in, he is in the top ten in something. I, I have it down to two. Is. He was one of the ones I was going to guess, but I have, I have a feeling it's the other. All right, Tanner, get his, uh, get Andy's number in case we have, in case we're wrong and we have to call <laughs> him back. But uh, for now, that's no. Okay, talk to the peeps. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check. I had my window open and it closed. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it, well, I, I'll give a hint. It's a Power Five school. No, don't give a hint. Not a, I can't talk give about a something hint. else. No. It's easy when you think about it. Okay, well, I'm going to go back to the NFL game from last night. I mean, we thought going into the game with two of the worst teams in the NFL that it might not be exactly an offensive outburst, but we were hoping for a close game, and we got that. I mean, if nothing else, it was as dramatic as you can possibly get going down to the last offensive play for the Chicago Bears where uh, Darnell Mooney, if if he holds on to the ball before bobbling it, he's across the paint. And would have been given that touchdown. What a finish at So least. close. So close. I feel bad for Bears fans. I feel bad for Bears fans that they had to watch their team wear orange. You don't mess with the Bears uniform. You don't mess with the Yankees. You don't mess with the Cowboys. You don't mess with these things. Uh, Ryan is calling in. He knows the answer. Hi, Ryan. Hello. What's the answer, Ryan? He's, he's, it sounds like he's wearing a mask. I believe he Take said Taulia Tango Vailoa. Did you say Taulia? Yeah, Yeah, I'm not here. Take your hand off of your mouth when you're talking. He said Taulia. I oh, said Taulia. Okay, yeah. no, that's wrong. Okay, okay, you may give a hint now, Gary. Uh, it's in the Pac-12. Would that be okay to say? All right, Jason at 808-296-1420, giving away Rainbow Warrior tickets. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hello? There's a caller there. <laughs> you hung up. Okay, here's a hint. It's a St. Louis quarterback. St. Louis quarterback who plays in the Pac-12. He played Is another high school one? too, huh? What? Then he played another high school as well? think damien uh, no don't confuse people with your unknowledge unknowledge (laughs) is there is there more than one quarterback from hawaii that plays in uh that plays in the pac-12 we only got one right yeah okay jason's back hi jason what what the answer 
Delora. Yeah, Jaden Delora. Congratulations. Hold on the line. We're going to get those tickets to you. We'll see you at the stadium. Jaden Delora, Arizona Wildcats. Boy, he's really made it's almost like he single-handedly has made these guys good. 1874 yards. Number 1 in the country or on our number 1 in the country. Can you guess? I will go with CJ CJ Stroud, but I have a feeling it's not because he hasn't played in the fourth quarter a lot. No, no, he's not even in the top ten, Gary. Follow college football; it'll make the show go a lot smoother. Okay, top quarterback. It's not Stetson. Give me about ten seconds here. No, um, I. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to give you ten seconds. Answer D- now. DJU. Wow. No. No. What? That guy's horrible. That guy's bad. No, he's not. Will, he's having a very will, good year. You follow will, the sport? Will Rogers of Mississippi State. Wow. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the same thing I am. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, I've heard his name, but I would never have guessed him. He wouldn't have been into my top 20 or 50. Yeah, you know who's right behind him, like by a few yards? The the Washington quarterback, Michael Penix. From, yeah, transfer from Indiana. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Interesting. The, okay, number one quarterback is from Mississippi State, followed by Washington, followed by, wait for it, Wait for it. Austin Reed. I don't, you don't know who that is. I can't remember. You don't where follow he... Hawaii football either. He uh, plays for Western Kentucky. Oh, that's Perhaps right. I've seen player. him here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, I wouldn't have remembered. No, it's hard to remember. Uh, a guy from UTSA, Texas San Antonio, is fourth. Uh, the Ohio quarterback is fifth. The Georgia Southern quarterback is sixth. Not a lot of you know all these power conferences. They got running games. You know what they all have in common. They're they're not these guys are bad, so they're always trailing. So they're throwing the ball a lot to get back into the game. Right. None of those teams are ranked that you talked about. Washington was though, was right. They? they were. I don't think they are now. You're right. They they yeah, they just lost. I think to UCLA, I believe. But yeah, mm-hmm. but that, that's a good point. Like even when you look at college basketball top scorers and the top passers, there's a few familiar names, but mostly they're from schools you're not as familiar with. Right. Okay. Here's schools that you will be familiar with: scoring offense, number one team in the country, Ohio State. Yeah. There you go. Forty-eight point eight points a game. Number two, Alabama. Tennessee. Ah. See, this guy, this guy, Hendon Hooker, are you familiar with his stats? I, I, not familiar with his stats. I know he's a quarterback in the SEC. I almost forgot he was Tennessee until you brought him up. Right. But um, this guy, okay, so you look at uh, somebody like Bryce uh, Young last year, uh, Alabama quarterback. I mean, this guy is more than just stats. But if you just look at his stats, these are Colt Brennan-type numbers. 47 touchdowns, 7 interceptions for Bryce Young. And it's the number one team. In the, wait, did they win the national? No, they lost to Georgia. Almost the almost yeah. the number one team in the country. So of course that guy is going to win the Heisman Trophy, right? Yeah. But this guy Hendon Hooker, I would okay. This Hendon Hooker is okay. This isn't going to give me his rushing stats, but he's a pretty good. He, a couple of games ago, he ran for over a hundred yards. Last game, he ran for like fifty-six yards. Um, this quick stat I pulled up this year so far: ninety-eight of one forty for fourteen hundred thirty-two yards. He's averages ten yards a completion. That's good. Yes, yes. That means he's throwing the ball down the field. Ten touchdowns, zero interceptions. 
He throws at a 70% clip. Right, Rachel. So they play Alabama tomorrow. If Bryce Young plays, you would think the losing quarterback in that game is going to have a tough chance to get back in. As Lisa Horn told us earlier this week, talking about Heisman hopefuls, very rarely will a player be a finalist if they lose two games in a season or more. Yeah, but yeah, Bobby Curran's always uh, mentioned that as well. Um, but this guy is 6'4", 218 pounds. He's a senior. And we were talking with Kevin McGuire from uh, – he works with Athlon and his website, Nittany Lions Wire, earlier this hour. And he had a good point. All the pressure is on Hendon Hooker here, which is a good thing because yeah. this is his biggest opportunity. If he goes out there and throws for 200 – you know, 15 of 20 even for 200 yards, rushes for 70 yards, they win the game. Hendon Hooker puts himself in the conversation of a first-round draft choice. 6-4, athletic, strong, accurate. This is an NFL these, – these are NFL numbers. They, they are, and you know what, Kevin also brought up a good point about Johnny Manziel's freshman year. I mean, I, I followed Texas A&M, so I was aware of him, but when they beat Alabama, that put Manziel more in the map and helped him win the Heisman. So for Hooker, if you beat Alabama tomorrow, that's going to give you, uh, I would say right now he'd probably be a top five candidate if he has good numbers and beats Alabama tomorrow. Because now we're not as much as being early in the season. Now we're kind of at the midpoint for everybody, or just right. about there. So you win a game like that, that's going to really show people how legit you are. Coming up next, we are. Hey, remember, we got more UH tickets to give away, so keep listening for your chance to win here uh, with the Sports Animals on the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. We'll uh, check your traffic coming up. We'll see if they cleaned up that mess on Red Hill. Oh, no, it's, we're not talking about the water. It's a traffic accident. <laughs> not this time. But uh, we want to invite you to join us. Uh, when the Bows are on the road, you can join uh, Josh Pacheco and Arnold Martinez the countdown to kickoff crew. There'll be the uh, select big city diner, and you can enjoy Mega Modelos. That's 25 ounce Modelo drafts for just seven bucks. Lots of prize giveaways too. You can win a trip for two to Las Vegas from Vacations Hawaii. Big mahalo to Paradise Beverages. I did some extensive, extensive research, and I found out that Nevada is flying in today. <laughs> basically when we come out of the break usually what we say is something that tanner has as uh he's spoon fed us tanner tayworth has spoon fed us the uh information so that we might sound smart hey gary nevada's flying in today isn't that unusual thank you tanner it's interesting you say that because what I'm about to say, I first heard from Tanner yesterday, too, but now I think everybody <laughs> might be aware of it. I'm serious. It was announced after our show, right after our show ended yesterday, that James Phillips has entered the transfer portal for the University what? of Hawaii. Who told you that, Tanner? I just said that. Well, Tanner, first, we it was first reported by Tanner Hayworth. Why do we even have a show? You so know we could relate Tanner's you, news. You, you know why we're on, yeah, you know why we're on this end and Tanner's behind the scenes is because we don't know how to run the equipment. <laughs> Thank goodness for to, that. If we knew how to run the equipment, this would be the Tanner Hayworth show. It's the pro price of being so smart. Tanner has to be in the studio. But yeah, uh, so he did enter the portal. He released it on Twitter yesterday. James Phillips did, and you He's know, left I, the team. Tanner, yeah. jump in here. So. Uh, so technically, we don't really know whether or not he's entered the portal officially or not. Oh, the Gary. only inf I, I won't I won't blame him because I also I think presumed that he entered the portal. 
Mm-hmm. We just don't have that information yet. All we have is from his own Instagram that he has left the team. I first saw this from Sidelines Hawaii on Twitter, so shout out uh-huh. to him. He does a lot of great work. Uh, so There's a man named Sidelines Hawaii? He represents Sidelines Hawaii. Oh, I'm There's a guy behind a the accounts. I can't remember his. I've only met him once or twice because I've only been allowed to leave the office about that many times. <laughs> because you're the only one that can run the equipment. Oh, but yeah, that's uh, that is about as much information that we know about uh, James Phillips. Okay, sidelines Hawaii, and I am going to follow. You see that I'm using social media. I am wow. so hip. Everybody follow sidelines Hawaii. Let's uh, let's give this cat more followers. He's got a lot. He's got like twenty five hundred followers. Anyway, thank you for the info. That's mo- that's uh, most unfortunate about James Phillips. It, I wonder why. It's, well, it, I think it's kind of this... obvious. You see Zion Bowens come back. Koa Nishigaya is back, and he's fallen on the depth chart. Is Koa Nishigaya ahead of him on the depth chart? In today's paper, it lists him as a starter for tomorrow. Wow. So he and didn't maybe... get much last week, James Phillips did. I guess he could see the writing on the wall. That's what I'm, I mean, I'm assuming wow. it, of course, but I think it uh-huh. seems kind of obvious as well. I mean, Stephen Side just tweeted that good luck on his next adventure. I figured that would be in the transfer portal. I don't get any indication he's quitting football, but it's unfortunate. I mean, it happens in every sport if you're not playing. It usually doesn't happen in the middle of the season, but you usually don't get well. two receivers like Zion and Koa back at this point uh, that are going to take majority of the reps, and they got the most receptions last week between the two of them. Okay, so um, uh, you don't usually see it with a player that's this is like his third year with Hawaii or yes, something, isn't yeah, it? Yes. Wow. Well, you know what? Gosh, we wish I, I wish the guy all the yeah. best. Yeah. All the best, and maybe it's uh, the run and shoot isn't something that that suits him. Maybe he wants to be a running back instead of a receiver. Whatever it is, you know what? Certainly, thank. Jay, uh, Phillips for his service at the yeah. University of Hawaii. I mean, he's he's a good player. He'll 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 uh, he'll go somewhere and start. Yeah, there's hopefully. no doubt in my mind that he'll he'll uh, he'll, he'll start a lot. All right, it's uh, somebody texted in. Oh my goodness, it's time for Donna Mercado Kim to have another Senate <laughs> hearing. <laughs> Been a while. Hey, the election's coming up, and somebody entered the transfer portal. Call a hearing. It's Todd Graham's fault. Wake up, favela. It's time to go to work. (laughs) Top stories coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll keep you updated. Get another traffic update in about, oh, less than 15 minutes, another traffic update. And, uh, you know, looking at the traffic, if you're coming into town uh, over by Red Hill, if you're stuck in that, uh, another traffic update. Don't change the channel. We'll have it for you. I mean, you're not going anywhere soon anyway. That's so bad. Anyway, there was an accident a little while ago on Red Hill um, uh, by the um, Red Hill exit. Yeah. Uh, Going up the hill before you get to, like, on the other side is – I can't remember the big church there next to Kaiser, that area. 
uh, Christian Academy is over there. Shout out to all the Patriots waiting in traffic trying to get to school. Chris Hart and Gary Dickman on the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, top stories today, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I don't even know if this is a top story anymore. Deshaun Watson has, faith, has, has an additional civil lawsuit coming his way. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't be surprised if this happens every now and then, although it's still sickening. And there's a little bit of details in this report that you can look up. And, uh, it, I mean, it, it hurts his cause. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like anything's going to really phase his continuing his career because people are going to pay him the money, as we know, the $230 million guaranteed. What I wonder about is who's going to be the first player literally kicked out of the NFL for an act off the field? Because nobody really has, officially, officially. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Ray Rice wasn't back, but it, he was allowed back. Greg Hardy did come back. Adrian Who Peterson is, came back. Greg Hardy. What what team was it? Was it Keyshawn Johnson? Who just said somebody was such a jerk on the sidelines? What team was it where they just said maybe it was um what's his name? Push Antonio by, Brown? No, sit ups in the parking lot. T.O. T.O. I think it was T.O. where they just said, Hey, you know what? Don't don't bother coming back. Just just it's the middle of the season, just go away. That, was, that, how ha- his, that was how his season ended. It was at least the team that just said, hey, you know what, bye-bye. But for Deshaun Watson, would... well, watch your mailbox for the paycheck. Yeah. Don't come around. Would anybody complain big time or at all if the NFL said he's banned permanently? I mean, Colin Kaepernick banned unofficially, maybe, but nobody by the NFL has been banned. So with all these acts, with all these measures put in place to say, hey, we're going to, you know, domestic abuse, domestic assault, we're going to suspend you and all that. Deshaun Watson gets the 11 game. But what will it take for somebody to get kicked out of the league? I mean, if Deshaun Watson's not the prime candidate for that, who would be? Right. And I, I, you, again, I would have no problem with them doing it. Why not? Right. They, they banned beat, you, you beat Rose for life for gambling. Well, and they ban- who is the who is the Denver uh, receiver? Well, Henry Ruggs? Tanner. Tanner knows. No, Henry Ruggs played for the Raiders. Oh, the Denver. The Denver receiver was gambling on games, and he is suspended. Correct? No, that's Atlanta. That's Calvin Ridley. Oh, Calvin Ridley. I'm sorry, Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the Atlanta guy. But not banned permanently. Suspended for a year. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Is so, that is that even gambling doesn't get you kicked out of the NFL? Now, Deshaun Watson has been cleared and settled with 23 of these people. He's, there's a couple, um, I thought, I don't know if they're still ongoing or they found him not guilty, but there were two criminal lawsuits against him. Yeah. But um, if he's found not guilty and they say, you know what, you're kicked out, I don't know, even though you're a private organization, I don't know that you can get away with that. You suspended legally, him. Legally, right. You suspended legally. him without him being found guilty. Right, and he's taking his medicine. So I wonder, though, you kick him out and you rob him of his livelihood, does he sue? Can you? Or can you? Yeah. Don't but know. what does Don't the NFL the look at to say you're banned permanently? I mean, they, again, they've increased some of the penalties and the punishment for these acts. And, again, when it keeps going on and on and on, every year you're hearing about different guys getting arrested for awful, awful things. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think they could ban you for permanently is – trying to but unsuccessfully kicking another player tom brady in our next headline uh is involved in kick gate and he has been fined eleven thousand dollars i'm glad they did something but it's not i don't think brady's going to think twice about doing it next time because of the fine <laughs> that's not i can't afford this no no way so i can't do this uh but you had to do something 
So right. in a way, it's smart of the NFL to do something, but I don't think too many right. people are thinking he's severely punished enough to right. make him think twice. And he's going to get all that alimony from his wife when they split. <laughs> because co- who's the bread earner in that family? It's probably her. At least it was before, that's for sure. All right. Uh, we shouldn't joke about that. Uh, the Bears and the Mariners, oh, so close. But no Seagar again yesterday. Two frustrating losses. Well, they were both frustrating, but I think with the Bears, you were as close as you possibly could be to winning that game. I mean, three three drives within the five-yard line and you get zero points, that's hard to do even if you tried. And on that last drive that ended, it was like 40 seconds left or less than 40 seconds, uh, and Darnell Mooney, again, if he catches the bobble on the first try, what a touchdown. And he bobbles it, falls out of bounds on the one that was so close. And Justin Field, you know, he had a 39-yard run to put him in position at the end. Still, I mean, it was a really awful offensive game like we thought. I believe it was 3 nothing at halftime. Uh, Washington misses a field goal. Uh, I mean, it just had a little bit of everything except a lot of offense. I was glad to see Brian Robinson, who got shot about two months ago, for the commanders gets that gets that touchdown. But that was their offense. You know, they got the, was it the block punt, I guess, and then they get the ball uh, on the, within the five, and they get two runs. He gets his touchdown, but that was an ugly game. I would imagine most people betting, if you are going to bet, would bet the under on that game. And Ron Rivera getting his first win after a four-game losing streak and still was upset with the media after the game. Oh, really? What happened? Well, somebody asked him about the Ron, uh, the uh, ESPN oh. article or short story book about Daniel Snyder being the one who pulled the strings on the Carson Wentz trade, and he got very upset, saying, I'm the one who pulled out the analytics. I pulled out all the paperwork, and basically saying, I'm the one who, who wanted I'm the that. one who pulled out the analytics? That's what he said. I pulled out the analytics. That's his quote. That doesn't make sense. Well, he, in other words, he, he looked in a computer, took out the, the numbers from Carson Wentz, said it would work. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, uh, you don't want to mess with Ron Rivera. I mean, remember, this guy was a part of the 46 defense. It's by, he was a part of the greatest defense the NFL has ever seen. This guy was a linebacker for the, the Bears. True. He's a stud. You don't want to mess with Rivera. If he the, kicked butt on the field. He kicked butt against cancer. Yeah. I wouldn't upset the guy. And the thing is, they won a game, so you're probably more upset with the media after this loss, after <laughs> this win, excuse me, than a loss. And I know, you know, you're probably trying to maybe defend Daniel Snyder or protect him a little bit because people think if he did call that shot, that was illegal. He's not to have anything to do right. with the daily operations of the team. But he got kind of upset at the media saying, you know, you, you, these Carson Wentz doesn't deserve that. You know, I felt, and that was kind of good that he was protecting his quarterback after sure. throwing him under the bus five, six days ago. Right. You know, I think that, um, you know, watching Justin Fields play, you know, he's got, he's got glimpses of like, hey, this guy could be good. I mean, he's he's Justin Fields has got talent. Part of the problem, I think, is still the offensive line yes, for yes, the Bears. Yes. It's it's not very good, and it's tough. I mean, you're thrown into the fire. I wonder if Justin Fields was on another football team, that he might thrive more. He would have to be better. That, somebody like the Colts. Well, the Colts have an offensive line problems now too. Uh, it's definitely not the Steelers. I don't know. How are the Almost Panthers? Anybody. I haven't seen the Panthers. I yeah, mean, if he was on a team I, that had a decent offensive line, I mean, it really is bad. It's been bad for, what, three years at least, right. ever since he's been there, and not much better. Not say any he was better, on, I think. Say he, was, say he was on the Cleveland Browns. I think you would see a different quarterback. Yeah. I think you would see a different quarterback. If he played for the Ravens, you'd see a different quarterback. 
But uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not giving up on uh, Justin Fields just yet. Uh, also, another headline coming up is, uh, well, University of Hawaii football is back at home. And, uh, oh, somebody said Rivera, part of the 46 defense. What's that? Wasn't that Buddy Ryan's defense? Yeah. It was called the 46 defense? Yeah, yeah okay. That's what it was the, for the person who's telling, you know, who's mocking me via text. Uh, 46 <laughs> defense. That was the, yeah, that was the Chicago Bears 85 defense. Um, anyway, let's go to the text line as we get ready for the Rainbow Warrior football game. We're talking about James Phillips, who left the team. We're just assuming that he's going to enter the transfer portal. And this um, um, texter, thank you very much, says, oh, that's right. He says, Phillips had the dropsies. He got less playing time once Zion and Nishigaya came back. So Phillips decided to quit rather than stick it out. I believe he was a senior. Was here when Coach Rolo was coaching. Wow. So if he's a senior, did he play in more more than four games this year? This year, if he yes. didn't, if he played in four games or less, he can still go somewhere to play. Or does he get that uh, COVID year? Right. Everybody gets the COVID year back. Everybody to play. So that year didn't count. Oh, okay. And, you know, he was a running back when he first got here. And not that he excelled there, but I thought he might have been better. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to put the guy down. He had some nice catches over the years, had the 20-yarder against Duquesne. But he had a lot of drop passes, too many as well. Well, because he maybe because he wasn't a receiver, maybe he wants to go back to being, uh, you know, at what he's, you know, what he's known for, or what it got him a college scholarship on the FBS level is playing running back. Who knows? That could be right. Uh, but anyway, again, we thank you, man. Thank you for your service. I mean, the guy took a bean for the team. I'm a running back. Well, we need your receiver. Okay, now you're a backup, and it's like, well, I'm. If it's all the same to you, I'm going to move on. I, I get it. Um. We got a text. Someone says, no more buy or sell. Okay, I got buy or sell. I'm going to do buy or sell with you and Tanner Hayworth. Are you ready for buy I or sell? I can't wait. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that. Well, we got Mark Veneri standing by. Yeah. He's going to join us in a few minutes. But I will be the buyer seller, and you guys have to debate. Are you up for it, Tantan? Sure. Okay, he used high voice, which means <laughs> yeah, I know. yes. Notice that too. He is, he is ready. He is ready to go. Hey, by the way, uh, when does the NBA start? Like Tuesday, weekend? Tuesday the doubleheader, and then everybody in action for the most part starting Wednesday. All right. So as we say in Hawaii, on Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, the Golden State Warriors will have Draymond Green. He's back. He's going to play today, and everybody's ready to move forward. Mm, are they? You, why do you say that? Well, because, again, from the report we heard yesterday that Jordan Poole has not accepted the apology. And if he was, in fact, knocked out, which where Draymond Green's either wife or mother is saying, no way did he get knocked out. But I don't know how she would know, definitely. But either way, the reports are he is not okay with Draymond Green. So if he is not okay, and Kevin Durant was never okay with Draymond that year, but they played on the court pretty well, got pretty far until couple of injuries including kd i wonder about that okay. that dynamic with them okay what if okay what if you had a choice what if you had a choice to make and they said you know what pick draymond green to be on the warriors or jordan Poole. who do you take i know who today, i today today obviously right yes this season I, hey one of you has got to go this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Well, the reason I would probably take Jordan Poole because I think he's got the upside where Draymond Green doesn't have a lot of prime years left. 
Yes, me too. Jordan Poole is way more valuable to this team, especially since Steph Curry is not going to play forever forever either. Jordan Poole is the now and the future for the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green is on his way down. You know, and this is not the first time Draymond Green has come out and, and done, you know, he's arguing with people during games and he's making a spectacle of himself, punching people, being in teammates' faces. What bothers me about this is it's not Draymond's team. And I hate that. Somebody, it's always somebody's team. Somebody's got to be the le- the leader. Of the- this is Steph Curry's team. If Steph Curry has a problem with Jordan Poole, let Steph deal with it. Let the coaches deal with it. Let Steph Curry deal with it. <laughs> Steph Curry, in the great words of Kurt Favela, Steph Curry doesn't need a cheerleader. <laughs> you don't need to punch anybody out because they're not following along the team culture. You don't have to deal with it. Go off on the side and practice free throws or a jump shot. Well, there's an idea. Practice your jump shot once in a while instead of jumping your teammates. That's all I have to say about One that. thing about Draymond that I think does make sense ah. real fast. Real fast. Uh-huh. A couple of reports said this. The reason he didn't get suspended by Golden State, with what he's done for this franchise and his career, they don't want him to miss opening night when they get their rings and the ceremony for the championship, his fourth. That makes sense, even though it might not be right to some people. I can understand that would be really punishing him bigger, bigger than maybe they want to. It caused more mm-hmm. problems than it's worth. And he's going to get mad and punch somebody else? Well, I mean, you're going to have a guy that's, I mean, come on. You, I mean, I understand that, again, what he did was awful and totally wrong. He does deserve probably to get suspended. But if you haven't missed that ceremony, that could be more of a negative effect than, again, the problems that would solve by doing the right thing. So the message is, hey, you know what? Go ahead and slap anybody around if you don't agree with something they have to say. That's really sad. It's a sad commentary in today's sports world. Did I sound serious? Yeah, you did. He'll get fined like Tom Brady, $11,000. <laughs> All right, coming up, uh, Mark Veneri talking Rainbow Warrior football, maybe some high school football, too, on ESPN Honolulu. Don't forget, Wednesdays at 8 a.m., it's the Rivals Fantasy Football Show. We can help you out. Well, not you and I, really, but uh, <laughs> we have an, a national expert to help you out with your fantasy team. Uh, we've got NFL memorabilia to give away, courtesy of Rivals. Once again, Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 or 8.40-ish, whenever we decide to end it. It starts at 8 o'clock Wednesdays. It's brought to you by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Friday. Hope you're having a good one. Happy birthday to Stephen A. Smith. Happy birthday to you. We're going to celebrate with you uh, today. Hope you have a great weekend. This is Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. And joining us now is the uh, analyst for University of Hawaii Rainbow Warrior Football, Mark Veneri. Good morning, Mark. 
Good morning, guys. Can I just say a happy birthday to my son? A happy belated birthday, my five-year-old. So if you're talking about birthdays, happy birthday to my son, Malachi. Malachi, happy birthday, little brother. Are you guys going to go to Chuck E. Cheese or something? What's oh, what's on the docket for the birthday that, weekend? Hey, you know that's automatic. Actually, we have a big game. Um, we're on our youth football level. We're playing uh, one of the top teams in California. So um, Okay, now this is the Met. This is the Metro Tigers you speak of. They're playing at Waipahu yes. High School. And this is yes. when? Tomorrow? Sunday at 6 o'clock. Sunday, 6 p.m. at Waipahu High School. What age group is this? This will be 11 and under. See, he has a five-year-old that plays on the 11 and under team. <laughs> He's it. a very special football player. What is your, what is your, what is your big boy's name? My big boy's name is Nehemiah. Ah, that's right. Nehemiah. And what position does Nehemiah play? He is QB1. Woo! (laughs) Yeah. Are they implementing a running shoot? Yeah, yeah. You 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 guys automatically know that. A little bit of running shoot slash uh, spread, but um, nothing uh, running up the middle type of deal. We, we, We like to air it out and... And try to get things uh, downfield and uh, more outside the tackle. So, wow! I remember, uh, I remember Tua Tagovailoa, uh, eleven and it was like eleven and twelve year olds playing. Uh, I hope Mark Milton's listening, the YPO Panthers former coach. But Tua Tagovailoa, I remember he was he's reading defense. This guy's eleven years old. So if you're running the run and shoot, that is that is pretty special. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, that game's going to be on the radio. That game's going to be on the radio. We're going to broadcast that game, uh, I believe, on uh, CBS 1500. Josh Pacheco is calling that game. How fun. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm excited for it, and um, I know a lot of people are going to be out there, but, you know, obviously the first and foremost priority is Saturday night, um, getting a W at T.C. Ching. That would hey, be who the... cares? Who cares? We're talking Tigers <laughs> football right now. Come on. <laughs> Be nice to get a win-win. He's trying this to make weekend. the transition. Yes. How about this? Make the... How about this? How about, how about this? Win-win, Chris. It's a win-win. Win-win yeah, win situation. We'll, we'll get greedy and take that. You talked about All your right, team with the run and shoot and the deep pass, and so that's something we saw last last Saturday at San Diego with Zion Bowens with a 66-yard touchdown pass. How much of those deep passes do you expect to see tomorrow night from Braden Shaker? Well, one of the good things about having Don Bowens back is exactly what you're talking about, is stretching the field vertically. And, and, you know, finally having a guy in our offense, you know, like Zebo, you know, with Jonah Pinoke out and Zebo down. Um, but having Zebo back is just – it's just so critical because if you can stretch the field vertically, everything underneath becomes a little bit more open. And I'd expect more shots downfield – I saw Timmy take a lot more shots downfield against San Diego State, even though unsuccessful. Um, you got to have a defense respect a player like Zion Bowens. And when you have someone like that, again, who can stretch the field vertically, you know, everything underneath becomes a little bit more easier to at least try to pick apart uh, in the run and shoot scheme. Mark, what I wonder, though, on this team, is there? you would think Nevada is going to be very aware of what Zion did last week and his capability. If they really key on him, whether they double or have a different defense, whatever it might be, is there anybody else on Hawaii's roster who can stretch to feel like Zion can? You know, I, Chuki Hines, potentially Jalen Waddle, he, you know, they have some speed. I think they can help. 
a stretch of the field. But if you're going to have some of Bracky and Zion Bowens like you're talking about in the double team, I'm looking for action underneath. And I think if you have that action under, uh, underneath, I'm actually looking more so for a guy like Kuala Nishigaya to have a big game. I absolutely love Kuala Nishigaya's slot. He catches everything with his hands. He looks everything in. And for me, he's a yards-after-catch guy, what they call a yak guy. He, he looks to put his head down and create, a, a, create an opportunity for himself to pick up extra yards. Kuala you Nishigaya, um, he deserves, by the way, to get the start this weekend. You know, when you look at him, it's, it's, it's only been a couple of passes, a few passes last game, but when he catches that ball and he's running his routes, it looks, and obviously because of his background, he looks like a run-and-shoot slot back. He looks like Devon Bess. Oh, he, he, he runs the, the most, one of the most crisp routes in the, in, on the receiving core. I just love the way he runs his routes. You said it, uh, Chris, in, in how he, he can create separation by the way in which he runs his routes because he can, you know, when they call it MOR, mandatory outside release, he's going to show that outside release, break off his route, or he's going to show vertical and then, boom, I'm going to sit here in zone coverage. He only had three catches for 37 yards, but I thought could have been targeted a little bit more. I'd like to see Kuala Nishigaya get eight to ten catches uh, in this game where you start looking at Kuala and you're like, all right, I'm going to get this uh, dink and dump, and here, here it is, here it is, seven, eight, nine yards, and then all of a sudden, you know, you see Zebo run a switch route or run a post route on the vertical passing team. And then next thing you know, you, you have a touchdown for 66 yards. And that's exactly what happened on that drive where uh, Hawaii was able to score that touchdown against San Diego State. Yeah. And you hear that? Switch routes, MOR. I, I, I'm learning so much here. Uh, Mark Veneri joining the animals here via the Aloha Kia hotline. Mark, I'm sure you heard the news we were talking about it about 20 minutes ago about James Phillips leaving the team at this time. Yes, uh, I did hear about uh, did hear about it. Um, you know, I, I'm fortunate for um, you know the receiving core. You know that he's he kind of moved on, and um, the direction in which you know Hawaii's receiving core is going. You, you got to be you got to be intelligent, smart, understanding of the offense. Not saying that James wasn't. Um, it's just you can see the direction in which. You know, there's a lot to understand within the offense, and and there's a lot that, a lot of intricacies and details to the run and shoot. You know, I wish James Phillips the best for the yes. the coaching staff does as well. Um, but I, you know, for me, it's like at, at this point, it's hey, we we got to keep trucking. You know, who stays is what we got, and you know, who's moving on. We wish them the best of luck in their mm-hmm. future endeavors, and I think that's exactly what we need to do. Mark, I want to ask you one question about the defense. Where they know for the most part they've improved, except for maybe the New Mexico State game, but talk about what the difference was last week. It was a big difference. But the secondary, it seems like they're getting stronger and stronger, more effective, more deeper. I mean, the, the depth of this team now, you got different guys coming in, and I really like not only what they have to do, what have they done this season, but the future of these guys. There's still a lot of young players, and the physical aspects, I think they're just improving week by week. Your thoughts on the secondary defensive back for Hawaii? Well, the, the secondary was fantastic. I mean, look, yes, everyone said, you know, everyone said and talks about, oh, well, we had a safety, a fourth string San Diego State quarterback. Look, he threw almost 47 attempts because 
there was nothing going in the run game. The run game and the game plan and the scheme of what um, Coach Jacob Yoram put and implemented against San Diego State was absolutely fantastic. I think obviously we got to get better offensively, which I think we're on track to. But the defensive uh, implementation and game plan of what Coach Jacob Yoram implemented uh, this past weekend was absolutely fantastic. Verdell Edwards, Hugh Nelson, I just thought their physicality, a lot of the college uh, um, NFL scouts was uh, talking about, you know, their physicality. Um, I'm, I'm liking how Mickey Pay is coming downhill. It, it takes time. You know, it takes time in a new system. And uh, just the way that we played in a physical standpoint, uh, we switched to a 5-2 five, front. Five, five front meaning, you know, we have five people uh, within the line of scrimmage, two backers. Uh, rotating in. They showed some 4-3, the adjustments in the run game. Holding San Diego State to 96 yards rushing. Just You look at all of the wins within the game, it was absolutely fantastic uh, for this defense. Yeah. I think, again, the fact that there weren't open receivers like we've seen in the past, the numbers weren't bad for San Diego State passing, but again, it was a lot of mostly short things. Hey, one more question before well, we let you go. Was, just because, because we stopped their run. Their strength of that team yeah. was the run game. We were able to stop it. They had no choice but to go to the air. But it wasn't like guys <clears throat> wide open or getting a lot of yak or you know deep passes like the 66 no. yarder we had. Uh, one last no, question to you. Shavers, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that you know, pretty much Shavers had the best game for them for San Diego State. And yeah. a lot of it, and I'll tell you, we're, we're talking about, I, I saw Panay Pavihi maybe about three or four different instances, and we talked to the airplane about this. So I was telling him, I was like, you had about four opportunities in the interceptions. He's like, I know. He's like, I'm like literally like two, like two inches away from getting the interception on the crossing routes. That's what was hurting us underneath. Uh, in terms of the passing game with San Diego State. And Panay was just right in position. I, I mean, you're talking just inches either away from an interception or a batted ball down. And, you know, sometimes that's just the game of football. It's the game of inches. And um, But I, I see guys in better positions for us to be successful. One last question. Tomorrow we got the UH game, of course, but a pretty big high school football game with Kahuku hosting Mililani. Does Mililani have a chance to pull an upset? Yes. Uh, I absolutely believe that. You know, Mililani, you know, they always play tough. Coach Rod York always has them ready. Um, Coach Steele's Malapiai um, out there with the defense coordinator for uh, Mililani. They, they'll, I, I think I think Mililani will always be ready to play Kahuku. When they always get together, it's always a fun game. But, of course, you know, Kahuku, I, I still have – I watched that, I rewatched that game, and I was just like, man, they should have won against um, St. Uh, St. Andrews, which is now actually – the number two team because St. John Bosco left. I have right. lost a matter because they lost the modern day. Bosco moved up to number three in the in the high school uh, in the high school prep world. So I mean, you talking about Hawaii has played four of the top six teams in the country this season. And when I say Hawaii, Kahuku, Mililani, St. Louis, um, just playing the best out there, and, and that's exactly um, what we need to do. Um, and and, I, and I'm glad, and I look forward to. Kahuku uh, Mililani, I can't watch the game because we'll be watching Hawaii, Nevada, and hopefully the Bows uh, come out with a victory Saturday night. Right on. Hey, uh, once again, happy birthday to your son, not Malachi. What's his name? Malachi, you got it. Okay, yeah. Malachi. Happy birthday, Malachi. Uh, Nehemiah, we see you, you big stud quarterback. Happy birthday. <laughs> also, since we're giving birthday shout-outs, 
Uncle K Mamo uh, texted in, happy birthday to former Miss Aloha Hula, Ku'u Kamalani Ho Worsig. Ku'u Brat, happy birthday to you. And uh, we yes. will see you later. We'll see you this uh, tomorrow. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Have a good one. All right. Okay. Uh, Mark uh, appears via the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. And you know a little puppy, too. Such a cute puppy. Okay, let's uh, do a giveaway at 808-296-1420. At Dixie Grill in IAEA, uh, it's Monday Night Football. So if uh, you want to win a $25 gift certificate, uh, you can use it for any night of the week. Great lunch over there, too. Put a little south in your mouth. Uh, be the first caller at 808-296-1420, and we will give you a $25 gift certificate. Now, you can use that for Monday Night Football or Monday Night Trivia Night, which is getting real popular there. Or coming up now for the next couple of weeks, it's Crab Fest. It's back. It went away during the pandemic, but Crab Fest is back at Dixie Grill in IAEA. You can get crab platters, uh, crab sandwiches, the soft-shell crab and bacon sandwich people love, Alaskan snow crab, king crab, crab cake burger, and a lot more. Crab Fest going on right now. If you love crab, you got to make a stop at Dixie Grill in IA. All right, first caller uh, gets the $25 gift certificate. We'll be back with more on ESPN Honolulu. We'll check your surf in a sec here. Last night I dreamt I was returning. And my heart called out to you. But Hope you're having a great Aloha Friday. We're the sports animals. Uh, of course, you heard the Bobby Curran show. Uh, Going to be partly cloudy, uh, maybe a little partly cloudy in the midday today. Maybe a couple of scattered showers in the afternoon, but not as smelly and stinky as it has been. The last couple of days. So that's great. The winds are out of the north-northeast at uh, about 5 to 15 miles per hour today. And breaking news on Tom Brady. Not the breaking news that he tried to kick Grady Jarrett when he sacked him legally. Then Tom Brady tried to kick him. Then he got fined $11,000 by the the NFL. But you'll see money is no object to Tom Brady. You see, Tom Brady has just bought a professional pickleball team. Huh? Seems like a lot of people doing that, huh, this week? Yeah, he's the latest sports celebrity to jump on this pickleball bandwagon. Um, uh, a former tennis star, Kim Kleisters. I don't know who that Clisters, is, but it's a tennis believe, star. Yeah. yeah, anyway, it's a, a famous tennis star. Uh, they bought into Major League Pickleball. So now Major League Pickleball has 16 teams. they playing six tournaments a year. Top prize is about a two million dollars. Uh, last LeBron James uh, bought an expansion team last year. Right, last week. I, I love think. it. They should televise this stuff. Who doesn't love pickleball? I now I know I'm in you love don't. With it. You don't play sports, so you've never played pickleball. Because you know what that means? It means that you would have to go outdoors. Have you ever played pickleball? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, right. It wasn't yeah, around but... when you were a kid. No, I played. I played like a month ago. 
Are you serious? Yeah. Why would you? Why do you? Why do you find that so hard to believe? I find it hard to believe you do anything but golf. But where did you play? Was there a pickleball court? Somebody called you up and said, "Hey, let's go play pickleball down the road." And you said, "Yeah, let's yeah, go." Yeah, we got it. We got it about half a block away in my complex. Over really? Here. We got tennis court on one side, pickleball the other. Wow. Our church has pickleball. I am. I did play a bunch of nine-year-olds about a year ago. <laughs> whipped them all. Whipped them all, and I didn't care. I am. I at at, at uh, Grace Fellowship Church. Chris Hart is still the pickleball champion. I don't want any sniveling kids crying to their moms that I slammed the ball really hard. I won fair and square. And you know what? If, uh, if uh, you know, uh, people are listening from that church, I think I deserve a trophy. I think I deserve a trophy. You treated them as equals, apparently, which is what they probably wanted to be treated as. That's right. They, they said, uh, don't go easy on us just because we're kids. you got to so learn I somehow. Didn't. I think there were a couple of uh, minor injuries as well. Pickleball well, they is for you? awesome. Pickleball is awesome. You should get out and try it. I'd be, I don't think I've ever heard of it until about a year or two ago, and now I'm hearing about it every week. I have a because friend it's back popular. East. It's good fun. I have a friend back east who was playing. I don't know if it was a pickup game or a tournament, and he was just raving about it. I was like, "Wow, it's one of the last people, a former basketball coach, that I would expect." Do you know to do what pickleball is? Have you ever seen it? Yeah, so I just saw. I've seen it. I've seen the vi- vi- sort of video. Not much of it. I'm not like I, you know. Explain to folks what pickleball is who might not know. I, I don't know how to explain it totally, but I think it's something like a little mini tennis court. What does the ball look like? I I don't even remember to be honest. Yeah. Get, get I, don't, out I haven't paid a lot try, of attention. I, I, try a sport once in a while. Just try it. Is that really a sport? Play, is it really play, a sport? Yes, it it's is. fun. Yes, it is a sport. Pickleball ah. is. I mean, pickleball is awesome. You yeah, play pick, with a wiffle ball sometimes, so it's not. If you get hit yeah, by it, it, it doesn't it hurt. Is, yeah, it is a wiffle ball. Basically, it's a wiffle ball with a paddle tennis. It's not. The reason it's and it's easy. Anyone can play it. Obviously, because because <laughs> yeah, says the guy who doesn't play any sports. Wiffle ball paddle is it's basically solid wood, so it's not as springy as a tennis racket. So you have much more control of the ball. It doesn't go as far, and uh, it's that's why the 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 sport is exploding. It's I don't know why they taste. call it. I don't know why they call it pickleball, but I guess because it's a wiffle ball, it doesn't exactly go straight. But it's a uh, it's a blast. Once again, you know, try sports once in a while. Go outdoors. It might change your life a little bit. I go outdoors every time I go to my car and go get something to eat. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it, I, I read about it pr- pretty often, though. You're right. I, mean, I keep on seeing how popular it's getting. Right. And it's popular because it's good for you. It's good health. It's good health. All right. Where do we go from here? It's quarter to seven. I tell you what, since we're giving stuff away and now nobody's listening, <laughs> let's give me, a, give me a University of Hawaii football trivia question. Okay. And if you know the answer to this, uh, you are going to win two tickets to tomorrow's game at uh, T.C. Ching Complex against Nevada. I, I have a feeling because Hawaii hasn't played at home, uh, there's a lot of interest in this game, and I think it's going to be packed. So, okay, give us a trivia yeah. question. Uh, who was the receiver who caught Hawaii's lone touchdown pass last week? Who was the receiver that caught the touchdown pass last week? Okay, yes. if you know the answer... Call in right now at 808-296-1420, and uh, we'll uh, email you or text you a couple of these digital tickets to check out the game. Okay, we'll do that, uh, and we'll get a winner coming up next. By the way, uh, for football away games, we invite you to join Josh Pacheco and also, um, let's see, Josh Pacheco and Coach Arnold Martinez at 
a select big city diner. And uh, they'll be doing countdown to kickoff, giving away prizes. You can even enter to win a trip for two to Las Vegas from Vacations Hawaii. So, now this week we got the game on the radio. Uh, but for away games, we've got it on the radio. And you can watch it on TV as well with the uh, countdown to kickoff crew and Big City Diner. And, uh, okay, coming up next, uh, we'll get our winner. And uh, look forward to more on uh, UH and Nevada coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Ten minutes in front of eight o'clock with the sports animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. And once again, our trivia question for Rainbow Warrior tickets was... Who caught the only touchdown pass for the University of Hawaii last week against San Diego State? Keali is first in. Keali, who caught the touchdown pass? Bowens. Bowens. Yeah. Zebo would have been a uh, also acceptable answer. Hey, good job by you. We'll see you at the game tomorrow. Hold on the line, okay? Thank you for listening. It's Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. This is the Bobby Curran Show. And uh, Nevada, we understand... Just flew in last night, so they fly in Thursday night. Some teams, like, oh, gosh, was it Western Kentucky? I think it was Vanderbilt, showed up, like, a week early. Yeah. And I guess you were able to do that because it's the first game of the season. Um, A lot of teams have different philosophies on flying to Hawaii. So with um, Nevada, it's five-hour flight. It's a five-hour flight. Basically. Are they gonna do you deal with jet lag and stuff like that? I can't remember. I never feel jet lag when we fly to Las Vegas. Well, we're not playing in a football game. They say you feel it more maybe the next day when well, I. Well, you can feel, but it's, I'm not playing in a football game. But you can feel if you have jet lag. You don't need to play in a football game. Do you feel jet lag when you fly to Las Vegas? The next day I do. Well, I usually fly in a red eye. And the ne- I don't I don't feel jet lag the first day when I when I land it might take a little nap but every time I fly back east whether it's Vegas L A or even the East Coast I feel it the day after that's when I really feel it. but talking about teams coming here even Hawaii's done that a few times where they go on the road once in a while for v- different reasons I guess they'll right. fly in on Friday uh, I don't think it's to save money or anything I I don't think that's the reason but I think you should try a different approach maybe you don't have to worry about getting as used to the humidity or the heat being here for a couple of days and letting that affect you. I'm not sure what each team's exact reason is, but there have been once in a while teams that will get here the day before a game, and against Hawaii's done that a couple of times as well. But if you have jet lag the day after, why would you get here the day before a game? Well, I'm just talking about how my experience has been. We've got jet lag. Let's go out there and show them a thing or two. No, that's just been my experience when I fly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when teams travel – They'll do a lot of things on the plane to make sure their sleep schedule is what the team wanted, uh, drinking a lot of water, making sure they're hydrated. I don't ever take that approach when I'm flying. So I think that's a difference where that maybe doesn't affect them as much. Uh, you've heard stories about that over the years, especially for the Hawaii trips. If you're flying from California to Oregon, maybe you don't have to worry about it. But for these trips, you hear it. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what Ken Wilson's philosophy was or is on that, but it has been done every now and then where a team will come here late. Limited distractions, I mean, if that's a thing you're worried about, uh, it, it's happened before, but it is a little unusual to say the least. For Hawaii football, they usually leave on a Wednesday night. Get somewhere on a Thursday uh, you can have one practice and then one walkthrough. You don't want to get there, for the most part, the day before a game. 
uh, just because maybe it's a quick turnaround. But, you know, some teams will do that. Some teams will leave right after the game. Some teams will wait till the next morning. I don't think that matters. As, of course, it doesn't matter as much as far as the game's concerned. But I guess each coach, maybe to each his own, has a different way of looking at that. But it is a little unusual for what Nevada is doing, that's for sure. But it has happened. All right. Uh, so Nevada coming to town. I'm sure they have watched the film on uh, University of Hawaii. I'm sure they have watched the film. It's a stupid thing to say. Anyway, um, Hawaii's defense. So how does Nevada adjust to what Hawaii did defensively? A lot of quick passes, maybe? I mean, I don't know the shape of their offensive line. I know that offensively, the Nevada Wolfpack has been challenged this year. Yeah. Whether you're talking Nevada, San Diego State, Hawaii, and Colorado State, all seem to be in the same boat. This year have been offensively challenged. Although the last two games, Hawaii's offense has gotten better. Uh, it hasn't produced wins. So defensively, does Hawaii just keep up the same thing? I think you want to stop or is the Nevada run. going to adjust it, right? You would think Nevada's going to try to do something different. And we had Ken Wilson, the head coach, on the other day for Nevada. When I asked his impressions on Hawaii, the first thing he said was how they improve in their run defense from New Mexico State to San Diego State. Knowing that Nevada doesn't have the same numbers as the Aztecs, but they do have Toa Tawa, I think that was a, f- a concern for him. So I would think they're going to try something different, try to exploit that defense, uh, make sure that they can get him some openings, and maybe opening up that short pass game is one way to do that. They don't have a lot of great numbers, though. as you said. They're offensively challenged. Their quarterback, Nate Cox, is really tall, 6'9". He's also only 215. Uh, but he has not exactly lit it up this year. And they, they played a really bad team a week ago today in Colorado State and scored a lousy 14 points at home. Yeah. So, I mean, Toa Tawa's got seven rushing touchdowns. He is who we thought he was, but maybe not with yeah. the same numbers as we've seen in the past, but we know his yeah. capability. Yeah, not he doesn't have the same rushing numbers or per average numbers that we've seen in the past. And that might be because overall, offensively, they're just challenged, I guess. They are. They don't have a Romeo Dub. They don't have a Carson Strong. So I think yeah. teams are almost daring them to pass and, you know, keying on the run, like, you know, teams have done to Hawaii, and we've done – we did the San Diego State last week. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm uh, seeing here on the uh, Instagram, Rob DeMello is reporting, uh, University of Hawaii – I think it's like yesterday, but University of Hawaii Baseball has opened their fall training camp. Yeah, so opening up – Yeah, so Coach uh, Rich Hill, uh, he's opened fall training camp. Scrimmages open to the public on weekends. Ah, how about that? That is very cool. We've never had that opportunity before. Not that I can. So on weekends, so so maybe we can find out some kind of schedule. We can uh, text coach and say, "Oh, you got a scrimmage this weekend for baseball fans? Maybe not on Saturday because the you know they'll be kind of (laughs) busy. They got the big. They got to put a big bouncy house for the Bozone uh, inside Les Murakami Stadium. So Saturday, I guess, is out of the question. Unless you work the scrimmage around the bouncy house. That would be a challenge. Hey, what fun for the kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Protect yourself. Do not leave the bouncy house. Once you're in the bouncy house, <laughs> stay in the bouncy house. All right, top stories. And uh, what is the most popular candy this Halloween? Nationally and locally. What do you think it is nationally? What do you think it is? I think it's Snickers. Oh, we'll see if you're right. Coming up next on ESPN Honolulu.
It's Aloha Friday with the Sports Animals. Hope you're having a great day so far. Uh, we'll get you updated with another traffic check in a moment here. The most popular Halloween candy in these here United States. Take a guess, Dickman. Well, I said Snickers. It's either Snickers or M&M's, I'm, I'm assuming. It has to be one or the other. Uh, the answer is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh. Not sorry. Great spots. Not sorry. Uh, Reese's is number one, by the way, yes. Uh, that's followed by Skittles and M&M's. Snickers not in the top three. What happened to them? Probably because it's twenty three ninety five for a little bag. I think, well, bag? I think everything's kind of gone up in price. Probably because Snickers are so good, they never get actually passed out. You buy them, but you eat them before Halloween comes. Maybe that's the reason why? I don't Could know. Could be. Could be. Now, the most popular popular candy, you can look this up on the interweb by state. Like Reese's are number one in uh, Florida, California, Kentucky, and North Carolina. Uh, Skittles, number one in Alabama. M&M's, number one in Kansas and Iowa. Uh, by the way, candy corn, nobody's favorite. Not anymore. You know, that's kind of a cop-out. If you buy candy corn, who wants candy corn? As a kid, I did, but not anymore. Really? As a kid, but I mean, I haven't, oh. I haven't had one in like 30-something years. Since I well, was that's five. because when you were a kid in 1932, you only had about three different kinds of candies. Five. Candy corn was one of them. Candy corn is bleh. Uh, hot tamales. Those are big in Nevada and Minnesota. I like those. They're like hot jelly, spicy jelly beans. Yeah. Not spicy, but you know what I mean. They're hot. Uh, here in Hawaii, this might surprise you. Number one. Number one. Can I take say? a guess? Yeah. For some reason, I know these lists for some, have a candy that I'm not especially fond of. Twix. No. Not Twix? No. Hershey's Mini Bars. The mini bars? What about the regular bars? Well, they don't give out regular bars on Halloween. You give out the mini bars. Oh, people are really cutting back. Wow, what a shame. So that's like your your crackle, your dark chocolate, the regular, right? So Hershey's mini bars are number one. Number two, Skittles. And what should be number one, but is number three in Hawaii, Butterfingers. They make you too thirsty. It sticks to your mouth and everything, you know. They make you thirsty? Yeah, it makes you real thirsty. Butterfinger's good, but it makes you real thirsty. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, don't tell me it doesn't. I'm telling you it does. You know what? You know what <laughs> is the, the most underrated uh, candy? And number one on my list. Oh, no, I got three. That's all? The Heath, Heath Bar? Ooh, yeah. Uh, what's the white one? Uh, the Big Hunk? Big Hunk, awesome. You might lose a couple of teeth trying to eat it. Big Hunk and Baby Ruth. Huh? Those are really old candies that I don't know if they even exist anymore. They're probably not sold in you know, the front of the candy section anymore. Says the guy who loves candy corn. All right, I, I said I used to. I said I used Top to. Top stories today. Deshaun Watson facing yet another civil lawsuit. Yes, another lady comes forward, a different lawyer than the other plaintiffs, and uh, doesn't look good for him. Not sure if he'll get out of it. Not sure if he'll settle. Every time there's another headline, I think it's. I, I mean, I think it's just another reason why we don't want to see him back, as if we needed another one. What does the NFL do at this point? Do they? Do they? get involved again and investigate things i mean or do they just wait till they get five or six more and then go back at it i think they have to wait and i understand this part i think they sh i don't think they should act 
be in almost any situation until somebody's proven guilty. When you had Trevor Bauer, the Dodgers pitcher, was involved in a similar act, or just one act, but it was really, really ugly, but he was never found guilty, how do you suspend a guy for that long? I mean, it, it's a tough one, yes, but I don't think the league should. I would imagine in this case, though, they're going to wait and maybe even hope he's found guilty so they can actually take some action. But to me, and I think a lot of us, we'd like to see him gone for good, and how could anybody legitimately complain that he deserves to be in the league anymore? All right, Bears and the Mariners uh, faced close losses yesterday, but Major League Baseball playoffs continue uh, today. When are they going to be on the road? We've got three games today because of the rain out yesterday. I believe the Yankees game is going on now on CBS 1500, correct? Yeah, the Yankee game is on right now. The Yankees currently lead 2 nothing in the bottom of the third, and it was, uh, guess who, not not Judge, but Giancarlo Stanton hit a two-run homer in the first inning. 2 nothing Yankees, again, bottom of the third. All right, when are the other games on the radio? The other games are coming up today. Those, those are both in the National League, and the times of them are Atlanta and Philadelphia, first pitch at 1037, and then the Dodgers at San Diego, first pitch at 237. All uh, you, can, you can catch those on uh, CBS fifteen hundred, right? Yes. So yes, it's yes. Uh, all your baseball here uh, on our family of radio stations. Earlier, somebody said, "Hey, what happened to buy or sell?" And I said, "Okay, I'll do buy or sell." And then uh, Tanner Hayworth can play buy or sell with you. Are you ready, Tanner? Sure. <laughs> Look at the lady. I don't. He's hoping you can live up to the expectation and the the credibility he has given the segment over the years. That he's hoping you can be up to the standards that he has set forth. Huh? He's hoping you'll be as good as him. He's actually maybe wondering if you'll be as good as him. He's probably hoping you're not. If it not. was so good, it wouldn't have been discontinued. <laughs> I've heard things like that before. Like your sports bar you used to have. Remember that? Oh, it's like the Chris Hart show. Remember the Chris Hart show where sometimes once you actually stayed till the end? <laughs> Chris would be home before the show was over somehow, magically. <laughs> it's like uh, when I was a DJ back in the day. I just played a long song. Hey, all right. Okay, are you ready? Buy, buy, buy. Yes, or yeah. sell. Okay, guys, are you ready? Yeah. Buy or sell with these two close losses – the Seattle Mariners are going. Are they're cooked? There's no way they can come back emotionally. They are out of the uh, playoffs. It's okay. I'm going to buy that for a different reason. Not much because they're close losses and the emotional part. It's that the Astros are a better team. And I, I know Seattle's young. They're up and coming. They've proven a lot. Uh, and they lost in that walk off. The game one lost in the walk off three run homer was the one that they really missed out on and had a chance to win the second game looked like it was all Houston so 2-0 you got to win three in a row I don't see it happening I think the Astros will advance one by yeah 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 I'll sell 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 on that one I got the rally shoe on my head right now (laughs) I'm with Seattle I don't want to see no stinking Astros again so I'm gonna go sell 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 for the sake of my own mental health so I don't need to watch the Houston Astros anymore all right, although we do root for our man, uh, Dusty Baker. All right, last night it was a uh, great fourth quarter, but you had to suffer through three quarters of blah. Uh, the Chicago Bears falling to the Washington Commanders, the Bears wearing their orange uniforms. Buy or sell, the uh, Bears should never wear that orange uniform again, not only because it's ugly, but it breaks tradition of um, – uniform greatness 
I'm going to buy that. I think it's Tanner's turn to start. Oh, sorry. You know, I I, I'll be the devil's advocate here. I will slightly sell this because of this. I think the orange uniforms by themselves aren't that bad. The thing that made this uniform so terrible was the orange helmets. If they got rid mm. of the orange helmet, I would be fine with the orange uniforms. I don't mind them, but as soon as you put it on the dome, then you're just like, okay, we'll just put on the whole hot dog uniform at that point. So I'm going to sell. You can wear the uniform, just burn the helmets. <laughs> I forget the actor's name in Boomerang with Eddie Murphy, but as he said, you have to coordinate. You have to coordinate. I like when the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night had the white helmets and white jerseys, so the oh, orange nice. kind of matches. I'm kind of used to the third jerseys, but you're right about the tradition. The Chicago Bears wear those black jerseys. That's what we want to see. Uh, so I don't know if they should burn those jerseys. I'm going to sell it as well. because I just think that we're just used to this right now. But all things being equal, I'm a traditionalist as well. I just want to see the old jersey that should never change. And again, another instance of how Gary does not watch sports. Uh, the Chicago Bears do not wear black. They wear yeah. navy. Yes, they it's, don't wear black. It's Let's black. move on. They're navy. We, he we, doesn't but know, he doesn't me know and Chris know is. what navy looks like. Right. He doesn't know. You'd say Michigan wears black too then, right? Gary doesn't know what pickleball is, and he doesn't know the the color scheme of the Chicago Bears. I've seen the Bears play a game in person, and it was a black jersey. They're navy. They're navy, Gary. Please. Gosh. They're navy gosh. blue. <sighs> what are we going to do, Tanner? What are we going to do? Well, uh, maybe, you know, show him a Punahou football game, see how their dark blue, their navy blue jerseys look. Then you can compare and contrast, and you're like, okay, that's navy. They're not yeah. the same colors as Chicago Bears. Uh, anyway, I've been to a Punahou game more recently than our friend Christopher. That's great. Well, I'm I, definitely going to buy that they're Navy. I'm buying their <laughs> Navy. All right. Uh, okay, last one. Uh, okay. University of Hawaii's offense has been tr uh, trending up as well as their defense. Hawaii is going to beat Nevada at home this week. End. That's a buy Tomorrow. or sell. You didn't put a lot of thought into that one, did you? No, I didn't. I, I was running out of. <laughs> uh, I'll buy for a lot of reasons. I think, well, one, I think Hawaii's playing better. They've shown improvement, and I think that'll keep on happening every week. And I don't think Nevada deserves to be favored. That doesn't matter as much as that. Dude, that's not a good football team. They lost at home to Colorado State. And they've been challenged, as you said, on both sides of the ball. I think Hawaii's up for the ups upset. I think Timmy Chang, maybe knowing a few of their players, like Toa Tawa, maybe has a game plan or a help for Jacob Yoro to at least slow him down to even less than what he's gotten this year so far. So I'm buying. I'm going to buy as well. You know, I for a very selfish uh, reasoning, tomorrow he is my on, birthday. He bet, on, he bet on the game. Oh, yeah. tomorrow's your birthday. Tomorrow is my birthday, and I want to feel good uh, on my birthday. So I would love to see a Hawaii win. Are you going to be like 19? How old are you going to be? I'm going to be 23. Woo! So who do you Shouldn't want to win be... more? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Shouldn't you be done with college already? Hey, don't judge me. <laughs> do you see the hours I'm working here? That's true. You think, I can, you think I can do four classes at the same time as this? Why Why even go to college when you're enjoying the riches of radio? Don't say that. Hopefully my parents aren't listening. <laughs> It's why your dad's not in the business anymore either. <laughs> anyway, okay, so happy birthday, Tanner. 
Uh, very happy birthday. We appreciate you so much. Uh, and you know what? Today is today is a, kind of a, a special day for me as well. Uh, not my birthday or anything, but today is National Bald and Free Day. You see, so for bald people, you know, take you know, take off the seven dollar toupee and uh, go out and just uh, you know love being bald. That's Bald and Free Day. I'm feeling free today. Do you love being bald? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, I sound very sure of yourself. I like that. it. Imagine having to brush your hair. I mean, I you know, imagine having to own a comb. Hey, no need. Save a lot of money that way. That's why I got the haircut. <laughs> I asked for the Chris Hart you know style. Shampoo, a, a bottle of shampoo. I buy like the the, the cheapest ones. So like VO five is like a dollar a dollar at Walmart. VO five. <laughs> yeah, they have like VO five shampoo, and, and that thing will last me a year. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be bald? Come on. All right, quarter after eight with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll take your calls and text. And uh, we gave away the UH tickets, right? Yes. Okay, so coming up uh, a little later on today, more opportunities uh, for you to win tickets, I believe. And uh, more coming up with the sports animals here on National Bald and Free Day on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Animals, this is ESPN Honolulu. Josh Pacheco is uh, back in the studio. Is Josh there, Tanner? All right, Josh Pacheco is coming up. And uh, if you follow Josh on the Twitter, you'll see that, um, you know, Josh enjoys, you know, he seeks out athletes to take pictures of them. And uh, he tweets, he puts it on social media just so everyone can think that he's very important. So we just wanted to get Josh on. He denies it. But, Josh, um, I saw that on they had media day for UH basketball, and you took a picture with, individually with, like, all of the different basketball players. Did that make you feel really good and special? No, it makes me feel short and inadequate, actually. <laughs> um, let, let's, let's, let's clarify a couple things here. Hey, fanboy. Actually, no, actually, I should say short and inadequate, except for standing next to Vaughn McClanahan. Um, <laughs> no, first, first, and for, first and foremost, um, this is part of our, our, our coverage you can see online. I was asked to take pictures with everybody. And, uh, yeah! And, and, and uh, no, it's not on my social media handle. It's on our stations oh. one at ESPN oh. Honolulu. I don't have access to that. And um, yeah, yeah. And, and we also need to educate you, Chris. A selfie is when you take the photo yourself, not Thank when someone you. else takes the photo. <laughs> we need to get you on social media more. Yeah, uh, I like it. Two shots at Chris. Hey, no way. I I I just put out an Instagram story, and I got some likes. And one of my posts went viral. I got like over a thousand likes. So hello, 
What was it about? Tell tell the audience what your Instagram story was about. It was a uh, uh, oh the Instagram story that I just put up that got viral. Uh, no, oh the one that went viral was uh, somebody from the UH swimming team dropping a, 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 a thing on a little kid's head, and it turned out to be a, a, a swim cap. Mm, mm-hmm. You'll have to follow uh, Chris Hart at Chris Hart. I think I'm at Chris Hart ESPN. Is that what's my? It's Chris Hart ESPN. Did you oh, know your Twitter or Instagram handle? Well, yeah, because you know. <laughs> shows how active you are. I'm not. Con- I'm not. I, I am. I. I, I On am. Twitter. You know what? I'm gonna today. I'm gonna post a picture of a wine cork with Snoop Dogg's image on it. Huh? Wow. Yeah, worth the price of admission. Riveting from start to finish. <laughs> all right, th- all right, Josh. We'll we'll hear you on the radio after the uh, after the baseball games today. Thank you. After volleyball, thanks, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh for three. He's batting oh for three. <laughs> I'll just be quiet. Okay, I got somebody who's batting a big O for one, and this is a true story. I, I, some people see these situations at sporting events and think they're a setup, and there have been. What I'm talking about is every now and then you'll see a guy at a sporting event with his gal, and he'll get down on one knee and make oh. the proposal. Oh, and no. there's one no. that w- went viral about a year or two ago where a guy gets out of his seat, his girl's on the aisle, everybody's looking at him, he gets on his knee, and he ties his shoe. And the girl's flipping out. Everybody's booing. He's like, what, what? But that was a setup. You can tell that was set up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What happened yesterday uh, at a hockey game, Chris and my favorite sport, this guy took, so, takes off his shirt, and on his chest he spray-painted or used a magic marker, Sharpie, whatever. I don't think he spray-painted, but it said, please say yes, 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 which is one of the New York Islanders' chants, yes, yes, yes. A cameraman is on him. They have the sign that says yes, yes, yes. The, the, the mascot is there. Everybody's looking. He gets on his knee, and the girl says something to him, shakes her head, and runs up the aisle with her hands over her face. She said no. And I've only seen that once before, and I was at a Nets game once. But oh, usually if you're going to do personal, something like that. I thought it was a personal experience. I've only seen no, that no, once no, before. No. If you're going to do something like that, I would imagine you're pretty certain they're going to say yes because imagine the embarrassment, the shame, and everything else if the girl really declined. This was not a setup, and it kind of went viral. It was all over Twitter uh, on Instagram and stuff like that. They don't have I feel his horrible. Name. I kind of do, too. Somebody said at least he was drunk, so he won't remember it tomorrow. I don't know <laughs> if the guy was drunk, but he kept. He just has his head down. If the girl actually grabs his hand, whispers something, and then gets up almost like she was crying running up the aisle. And apparently this was not a setup. This was a real deal where the guy thought better of himself. Wow. Um, and the other team scored a goal within a minute after that, they said, to make it even worse for the fan. But, I mean, she must be feel horrible, too. That you put her in that situation with, you know, now this has gone viral. I mean, I feel sorry for her as well, not yes. just the guy. Yes. I mean, it's why she was crying. It's like, hey, I'm out of here. I'll meet you at the car. You're right. She Maybe was very she embarrassed. Did, yeah. It's how embarrassing for her. Maybe she would like to be proposed to, but not in front of, you know, 20,000 people. Right, and again, you see this happen, and it's really cool when they say yes, but I, again, how would you do, how would you approach the situation if you're not 110% sure she's going to say? You don't just do it on a whim and think, well, maybe she'll say yes, well, I'm going to put pressure on her. But that, that's an embarrassing thing where you're never going to live it down. That'll live forever on the Internet, and people around him are going to remind him of that. Now, maybe they'll get married in the long run, 
and again, I've only seen it once before where it looked legit, but most of the time, you know, they're crying, and you know what happens on senior night in basketball and football and colleges? It happens in some pro sporting event where maybe the athlete will do it. Was it Ian Johnson of Boise State after the Statue of Liberty play? He proposed to his girlfriend on the field. That was cool. She was a cheerleader, and she said, yes, that was a great, great story. This one, though, is kind of the opposite, and I do feel bad for this New York Islanders fan who uh, was not exactly getting his wish or his dreams come true. Poor guy. I I feel bad for him, but, you know, with him, I really feel, uh, maybe that would get some people to think twice before doing it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got to be certain like that because, again, it sounds like a cool deal to do that. But if you're not positive, and I'm sure it's happened more than the two times I have seen it, probably not a lot. Again, I think most people are smart enough to be certain about it. As I said, the other team scored within a few seconds, actually. So, uh, but it wasn't wasn't a good two minute uh, two minute drive for this uh, groom to be. It just didn't happen. I mean, it was funny at first, but I do feel bad for both of them. Uh, the guy really looked upset, and I don't know if he was drinking or not, like somebody suggested. But uh, for the for the female, for the lady, yeah, I mean, you could tell how embarrassed she was, and just to run away. I wonder, I would hope she came back to her seat because that was probably her ride home. <laughs> but that probably wasn't a very comfortable I conversation. Have, I wouldn't have went back to my seats. I would have. It looked like she was going to see go as far and far <laughs> as far as she could possibly away from not only him. But that stadium. That's a good point. You go back now. You Every eye is on you if you walk back to your seat. She's wearing an orange hat, not because of the Bears, and everybody was going to remember her. That section, again, all eyes were on her. It's a perfect yeah, it, was on the, it was on the scoreboard, of course, and everything. And You know, this happens, it seems, at like hockey games, basketball games. It doesn't happen at football games. Is that because it's, it's too, uh, too many people there? I don't too think it's, it's too many people. Maybe because it's an indoor baseball arena. games. Right, baseball games it happens at because there's so much dead time in between, right? But you're football right, that, game, yeah. you wouldn't have a chance, really. It, the, I wait, mean, it, during, it, a t- during a timeout, you got to have the paddle cam and the kiss cam yeah. and all of that. Right, right. It happens more in, in indoor sporting events for maybe what I don't know the exact reason is, but uh, it has happened more at football, I mean basketball and hockey, but it didn't happen last night. And uh, if that guy's a season ticket holder, I'd dress a little differently next time for both of them so they don't get recognized and reminded of this. Maybe they won't. There's another game tomorrow. I have a feeling they uh, would not maybe show up because of that. Yeah. Hey, the NBA season starts. Um, the NBA season starts on what? Tuesday, Tuesday, you say, right? Tuesday. And I'm just looking at, say, look at baseball headlines. Let's look at uh, Major League Baseball headlines here. And Major League Baseball headlines would be, um, Hall of Fame. Oh, somebody passed away. Bruce Sutter. Yes, Hall of Fame uh, he passed away. So there's a headline. Um, the uh, who's Charrington is very excited about the Pirates' future. Is that the manager? Uh, anyway. Hard to know anybody on the Pirates. I know Cruz, the shortstop. That's it for the, the Yankees. Uh, Garrett Cole is to start Game Four of the ALDS if necessary. Um, and so these are the types of headlines you see in Major League yeah. Baseball. Uh, let's go to uh, hockey. The Flyers extend uh, some guy with an eight-year, $50 million deals. The Sabres signed Samuelson to a seven-year, $30 million contract. Uh, the Avalanche raised their third cup banner. Okay. A good sports headlines, correct? Yeah, yeah. Let's look at, let's look at the headlines in the NBA. Uh, let's see. Green on. 
on rejoining the uh, Warriors won't hold to the pass. So the big story is a player punching another player. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, ben Simmons swipes past critics on social media. Uh, and then there's something about, um, I don't know, something about the comments made at a press conference by Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, all of the all of the headlines in the NBA are almost, it's like TMZ. You see the difference between what makes news in the NBA because of this new NBA culture and what makes news in the NHL, NFL, and Major League Baseball. It's crazy. That's I, all we seem to talk about when we talk about the NBA is the TMZ stuff. There is a good point there, but I think part of it right now is that the NBA doesn't have a regular season where those other three sports are in playoff action or regular season action for hockey they just started but i think that's part of it but there is a lot of negative talk away from the court in the nba i, I, I want to give you one headline that i think is really interesting this was on twitter yesterday from the nba on espn because ben simmons who everybody dislikes for the most part and thinks he's not as good as some people very few think last night in the game i believe it was last night or wednesday night they played milwaukee preseason game yes ben simmons covers Giannis. And he held him to six for 21 shooting. That to me is a big story. People don't talk about Ben Simmons' defense enough. That's why he's an All Star. That's why he's considered a very good player, even though he can't shoot to save his life. He was still a very good defense. I think it was more than once. I think it was a couple of times. Uh, But again, look at his defense. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike Ben Simmons. Not you so much. I don't really know Ben Simmons. It's just Ben Simmons. When Ben Simmons was in college, and everyone's saying, this is the man, this is the guy. Who did he play for, LSU? LSU, yeah. When when I saw him give up, visibly give up during a basketball game, I said, ah, I don't like that guy. And you're right, he did that. He quit school as soon as they didn't make any postseason play, which is amazing for a guy, a team that had a guy like him. They couldn't even make the NIT, and he quit school. Uh, He was, he didn't have the greatest attitude, but he still has talent. And even now you wonder about his attitude maybe a little because of things that have gone on. I'm not talking about mental health. I'm talking about the dunk and all that. But he's still a talented player. I feel bad for him now just because it's him against the world. Kind of, You know, if he would just learn, you know what, stay in there, work with somebody, hire Phil Handy, although I'm sure Phil Handy's kind of busy coaching somebody somewhere else. But, I mean, get a shooting coach. Yeah, yeah. That's what Kobe Bryant did. Kobe Bryant was headed for the Hall of Fame. He still had a shooting coach. LeBron James I mean, had Phil Handy yeah, for a long anyway. time. Yeah. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk some NFL with Tyler Dragon. Uh, he's a reporter for USA Today Sports. He joins us next on ESPN Honolulu. Let's check your traffic right now. Big NFL weekend coming up once again. A couple of buys for the first time this season, but it is week six. We're going to talk more specifically about certain games and what's going on on and off the field here with the Animals of the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN. Honolulu joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline. He covers the NFL, also a track and field reporter for USA Today Sports. Tyler Dragon is with us. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. A lot of great matchups in the NFL this week, and to me it really starts with Buffalo and Kansas City, a rematch of last year, a big playoff game. Both teams probably were the two best quarterbacks in the NFL this season. This game again in Kansas City, your takeaway to what you expect to see in this game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, you're right. This is the game, the marquee game of this week. And, you know, I'm really interested to see 
uh, both offenses. They're the number one and number two um, offenses, scoring offenses in the NFL. The Chiefs are number one. Bills are number two. But I do think the deciding factor is going to be on the defensive end, uh, which the Bills uh, allow tie for the uh, second fewest points in the NFL at just over 12 points a game. And I think that is what gives the Bills uh, the edge is they're better defensively. Now, don't get me wrong. The Chiefs have improved defensively, but they aren't as stout as the Bills on the defensive side of the football. We all know the headline is going to be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, two MVP candidates uh, entering week six. But the defensive side of the football is going to be the storyline in the game, and I think the Bills have the better defense entering week six. Still about one-third of the way through the season. I know so it's relatively early. Do you think this is a probable or possible AFC championship game preview? Oh, yes, most definitely. The Bills, they are the class of the AFC East, and right now the Chiefs uh, seem to be, again, the class of the AFC West. Uh, I know the Chargers might have something to say uh, for that, but the Chiefs have been playing really good football even without Tyreek Hill. They're spreading the ball around on offense, and really uh, Travis Kelsey's uh, uh, turning into one of the best <laughs> red zone threats in NFL history <laughs> as far as last week goes with those four touchdowns. Uh, but, yeah, these two teams, they're uh, c- clearly the best two teams in the AFC, and I would not be surprised if they represented uh, the two AFC uh, championship game uh, teams. And if it's anything like last year's playoff game, we're in for a treat on Sunday. We're talking the NFL with Tyler Dragon from USA Today Sports here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Now, you're going to be going to a couple of games this weekend. I'm going to talk about the Rams and the Panthers. A game in L.A., the Rams defending Super Bowl champs, of course, they look they don't look like the same team. They have really struggled. No Odell Beckham. You still got Cooper Cup, of course, but Matthew Stafford not really having the same success that he had last year. What do you see differently in the Rams so far? Well, their offensive line has been banged up uh, this season, and they uh, definitely miss Andrew uh, Whitworth, uh, the left tackle who retired at the end of last season. But I'm looking at a Rams team. Obviously, they uh, have a target on their back. They're getting opponents' best shots each and every week. Uh, and then their offensive line is suspect. Um, as you said, Matthew Stafford has been under duress every single game uh, this season. And also on offense, they are way too reliant on Cooper Cup. He has four games of over uh, 100 receiving yards this season. But Matthew Stafford is just keen in on Cup almost every single passing play. And defenses, uh, they're taking note of that, and they're forcing other players to beat them. And so far, they haven't been able to. Now, the defense of the Rams side is still good. You have Aaron Donald, probably the best player in all of football. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, yes, he's been getting beat uh, some this year, but he's still one of the uh, best cornerbacks in the NFL. So I do think when it's all said and done, this Rams team will still be in the playoffs. But – they definitely don't look like the Rams team that won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, how quickly things change. How quickly things change. Do you see a team that might be in trouble that maybe looked like a playoff contender at the beginning of the season that right now, I mean, I know the Rams may be one of those teams, but another team that looks like they are struggling early on. 
Oh, wow. So that, that's a, you know, a really good question. Um, I would go to the Indianapolis Colts. They were one team that I picked to win uh, the AFC South. I know they didn't uh, go to the playoffs last year, but this is a team that had playoff expectations and maybe even uh, Super Bowl expectations. And they're sitting at 2-2-1 two, two and one, uh, entering week six. So they're a team I want to see if they can turn it around uh, this season. And then I have to go with the Bengals. Um, they have a bit of that Super Bowl hangover as well. I still do think that when it's all said and done, they'll be a, at least a wild card team in the AFC. But they're sitting at two and three, and they have to figure out um, how to get their offense clicking again with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. A lot of teams are similar to the Rams. They're keying in on that potent passing attack featuring uh, those two. So the Bengals have to figure out other ways to beat their opponents. It's interesting you mentioned Indianapolis because this Sunday they played Jacksonville once again. They got shut out, I think, week one, 27 nothing. We know what happened last year. That seems to be their nemesis. It's a home game, but I don't know if that bodes well for them if history is an indicator. You know, I want to ask your opinion also with what's taking place in the NFL with the roughing the passer call that a lot of people are very critical of. What do you think is maybe going to be taking place in the near future, if not maybe next year as far as possible rule changes and your just thoughts on how the plays are called overall well add me to the reporters and uh, people around the nfl that's critical of the roughing the passer call i thought those were two egregious calls both on grady jared and chris jones the nfl has shown the ability to modify rules and i do think um after this season the roughing the passer penalty needs to be modified because when you look at both of those plays that were flagged there was pretty much nothing else Chris Jones could do. He got the football out of Derek Carr's hands, and he just so happened to land on a quarterback. I mean, that's what you do in tackle football. You <laughs> land on players. And then with Grady Jarrett, what are you supposed to do? Yes, you want to protect quarterbacks. definitely want to protect Tom Brady at 45 years old. But this is football at the end of the day. It is not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. And these roughing the passer calls are being called way too frequently. And at some point, if they keep on calling it them at the rate that they are, they're going to have to put flags on the quarterback. And you just play flag football when it comes to the quarterback. When you get them, get there, just pull the flag. Because if you cannot hit a quarterback, then what are we playing here? Right. A lot of people feel similar with that. Tyler, it's been great talking with you. I want to remind our listeners they can check out podcasts that you're a part of. It's a football podcast, and you talk about Devontae Adams, week six previews, and, of course, the roughing the passers topic that we just talked about. You can check that out wherever you get your podcast. Hopefully we can do this again soon and talk about the NFL. It's going to be an exciting rest of the season. Enjoy this weekend's games. Of course we can do it again. Have a great day. All right, thank you so much. Tyler Dragon joining us here via the Aloha Kia hotline. See ya in a Kia. I wonder if that's a made-up DJ name. Tyler <laughs> Dragon, <laughs> says Chris Hart. Uh, it's Sports Animals here on the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. We have got our, uh, by the way, uh, Tyler appears via the Aloha Kia hotline. We'll see you in a Kia. Uh, coming up next animal content dump on ESPN Honolulu. All right, time for the content dump on this Aloha Friday on ESPN Honolulu. 
Uh, we got baseball going on on CBS 1500, by the way, Yankees and the Guardians. Where are we on that game? We are now at 2-2, the Cleveland Guardians with a home run to tie it up. They were in the bottom of the fifth, two outs, 2-2 in this game, too. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Artie uh, uh, on point with Artie Wilson. And then we've got a uh, couple of baseball games to finish out the rest of your day, right? Yeah, there'll be the NL games, Atlanta at Philadelphia, tied 1-1 in that series. Dodgers and Padres also tied at one apiece. That game starting at 2:37. All right, uh, here's some uh, content to, to dump before we leave. In a video the um, that was uh, attained by The Athletic, in a video, the referee, uh, I don't remember his name, Perry, uh, Perry Fuel, uh, he is, or actually he's the NFL senior VP of officiating, Perry Fuel. He is still defending the roughing the passer call from Chris Jones, still coming out and saying what the referee said. He put all his body weight on the uh, quarterback. That's why it was a roughing the passer call. Obviously, it's like he didn't see the video. These referees and the VP of officiating, I would like them to sit with somebody watching the video together on national television and say, look, that's the fumble. Look, there's his arm bracing his fall. These guys are making statements, but they're not allowing anybody to cross-examine, if you will. That, that's true. I, I think, again, I think the rule needs to be amended and or changed because, again, according to what the referee said, even though the ball wasn't in Carr's hand, it's still considered that as far as roughing the passer. As far as having his full body weight on Carr, it wasn't his full body weight, but it was a lot. But I think the rule needs to well, be amended. Right. The guy obviously was trying to brace his fall. He knew not to put his full body weight on him, yet the problem is that you – the problem is that you can um, – if you're in doubt, you're going to throw a flag – and it's not reviewable. Right. We move on now. Uh, Phil Mickelson, by the way, uh, you know that saying, when pigs fly? The other saying could be, when Ricky Fowler shoots a 63. But Ricky Fowler today shot a 63 in the Zozo Championship. That's amazing. He's been in like a five-year slump. Yeah, bogey-free round today for Ricky Fowler, so congratulations. Uh, Phil Mickelson says, the live tour is on the rise. And the PGA Tour is trending downwards. More fighting words from Fighting Phil. It's kind of like the referee in football. Everybody everybody defends their own, and that's what Phil's doing right now. All Rightfully right. He so. said, it's like good NBA TMZ stuff. All right. <laughs> Artie Wilson's coming up next. Then baseball all day on ESPN Honolulu.